Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Let's get nasty on a Tuesday. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN as Carrie moves so slowly to the camera. You're not going to leave me this time. I'm right here with you. Nice. There you go. Carrie Davis, Super Bowl champion. Right. Andrew Marsh here. Jamie's got the week off. You good? I'm good. I knew I know this is going to be a good show because my headphones got caught on my keyboard three or four times <laughs> as that music is playing. Yeah. And it's so important to hit the let's get nasty yeah. on time. I almost threw the keyboard. <laughs> Up against the wall. <laughs> Try to make sure you got to it. I mean, come on. We got to get that. Let's let's get nasty. You got to do time. it, right, Marsh? <laughs> you have to do it. Two or four, by the way. Two or four. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Who's excited about the 2025 Winter Classic, boys? I am. Yeah. You guys seen St. it? Louis yeah. Blues. First of all, oh, you say seen it again. It. Try it again. Try it again. Who's excited about the 2025 Winter Classic? I am. Yeah. yeah. Woo. Woo. Now I feel it. Yeah, we're yeah. rolling. It's, it's going to be, be exciting. It's going to be cool. Yeah. Wrigley Field, mm-hmm. Blues, what, what's the Blackhawks. Date? What's the date? I don't know. Do I don't think have they have a, a date yet. I well, think the uh, schedule's I'm, not I'm released. I'm asking for, for practical reasons. Jamie, us, we should probably be there to take it all in. Uh, That's why I asked what date it was. You're smart, Gary. See, we don't want Jamie to be out there by himself. We're a team. And yeah. as a team, a, a brotherhood, mm-hmm. we should all take in that game in Chicago mm-hmm. collectively. That's a great call. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, Lad, trust I, me. Yeah. So I, I have looked this up. <laughs> trust me. So January 1st is usually when they when they have the Winter Classic. Sometimes it's on the second due to uh, other sports being on and they don't want to compete. Um, but that is a Wednesday. January 1st is a Wednesday. The second is a Thursday. So. There you go. That's that's the date for 2025. But what? with college football expanding mm. their playoffs, it could potentially not be on the first. So we'll have to see uh, what's have, going on for the Illinois, Winter Classic. Illinois being a New Year's Six Bowl, so I may not be able to. I'm, I'm, well, kidding. So I, I'm kidding. I have plenty of time. I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> what better way to watch the line I play than in Chicago? There you go. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm just Carrie, saying. I like should, your enthusiasm. Should make about the Illini? Oh, we got work to do. I just that. like your passion. Basketball. Yeah, we're good. Maybe the yeah, maybe Football. the basketball team will be playing. Yeah, and maybe they'll play in Chicago. Maybe and just we'll drive down to Champagne on the way home. There you know. go. Yeah. Yeah. That's a nice Pretty campus. Good. It I've is. I've been there. I love Champagne. You and I were probably there at the same time. Different reasons, though. <laughs> you were playing foosball. I was visiting friends. Yeah, we, well, I was I there for New this. Year's one time. We probably got to the same reason later that night. Yeah. And we probably crossed paths we probably at a bar did. or three. Absolutely. Or five. I don't know. Depends I can't on how remember. long you were there. I can't remember. <laughs> are you guys Are you guys done with the, the winter class? I mean, obviously with the blues, we're, we're excited about it. But the... The idea of the Winter Classic, does it, does it still grip you? I think it's cool. I think it's cool I think for it's the, cool the teams that are participating in it, the fan bases that are specifically. 
you know, to to have that moment, to have be in those different environments, mm-hmm. I think it's pretty cool. I do too. Yeah. And the Winter Classic here a couple of years ago was incredible. The the city, the Blues, knocked it out of the park. The from the uniforms, the the backdrop, the execution of the events beforehand to the game, absolutely perfect. I love our fans, our texters. It's on January first, you dopes. Actually, uh, the one that was here in Bush Stadium at Bush Stadium was actually played on January second. There you hmm. go. Okay. So there Take you that. go. That's why I said it, sometimes it depends on... Yeah, it bounces around. It bounces around. Are you good with the Winter Classic, Marsh? I love it. You're fired up I for woke it. up to, to, that, uh, to that information, and I was actually very shocked. But uh, to see Chicago have it, that doesn't surprise me. It seems like they're in it every other year in some capacity. <laughs> it's like the fourth time or something. I, I've seen a, a Cardinals-Cubs game at, at Wrigley, so I'm, I'm hoping I can, I can get to this one, especially... If all four of us are going, that'd be I, I, fantastic. It's already set. We, we're go, we just have to talk to the, the powers of be. We should be there live. I agree. We should I sit agree. behind a pole, too, just to, just to <laughs> really get the experience. Because I, I've sat behind a pole twice in my two times at Wrigley Field. That's not good. Did you? Yeah, both times. That sucks. I mean, it's part of the experience, right? No, it shouldn't be. You know, you got the guy on the mound, and I'm like, hey, he throw, oh, hey, okay. That's Marsh, a strike. I don't think you should have put up with that at yeah. all. Well, I, you know what, though? I went to the game that the uh, the Cardinals played, the Cubs, in late September. I forgot what year it was, but when Yadier Molina and Paul DeYoung hit two home runs in the ninth inning, mm-hmm. I was at that game. So sitting behind a pole, it was okay because the Cardinals <laughs> ended up winning the game. Nice. Always. Speaking of the Cardinals, Pakoda. Their standings are now out, and Pakoda seems to usually, not always, but usually nail the Cardinals within a few games, within within a few wins. There have been seasons where they have been off, but for the most part, Pakoda does has done a good job of getting within a couple of victories for your St. Louis Cardinals. Do you guys want the good news or the bad news first? I always bad news first for me, Marsh. What do you say? Yeah, I like I like uh, looking at the negative and then spinning it into sure. a positive. Yeah. I'll give you guys the good news first. The good news you is... you want the glasses? No, gonna, I don't know. We, we no. wanted bad news first. You're going to give us good news anyway? That's correct. <laughs> the good news is, is that you're going to be improved. Nice. Good. Remember how many wins you guys had last year? 71. Nine. 71. 71. You're, nine. 71. You're thinking of the losses. I'm thinking of the losses. 90. Yeah, 91. Yeah. <sighs> That was a bad year. 71. You improved big time to 85 and a half wins. Yes. I don't know how you get the half. Must be a double header. Must be a double header. You tied halfway through the game. And you just said, there you go. 85 and a half wins, 76 and a half losses. Love it. Okay. And just as Carrie would have it be, they win the division. They get in. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Now that number, mm. getting to the bad news, pales in comparison to the 100.7 win Atlanta Braves, mm. as well as the 101.1. Hey, great number. It is a great number. That is. LA Dodgers. But everybody else is kind of right there. Philadelphia actually has a worse Pakota number at 84.3. Arizona, 85.2. So they're slightly below. Yeah. San Francisco's 81. Cubs are 80.2. The Cardinals, guys, Pakota has winning the third most games 
in the National League. Now that's impressive. I don't know why you two are so down on him. I don't year. know what you're talking about. Have that's you seen impressive. the veteran presence on this ball club? You guys have been very negative about him. You keep saying that. Thank you, Carrie. There's more. I don't know. I don't get it. What did you say, Marsh? Uh, veteran presence on this ball club is definitely going to help this team improve. What was it? Uh, 71 to 85 and a half wins. Yep. My math is correct. That's 14 and a half. There you go. That's a lot of wins right That's there. And you know winning. why? Because the bullpen is going to be way better than they were last year. And why is that? Because the starters are going to go deeper into games. Mm. That's why you go out and you get guys like Lance Lynn mm-hmm. and Kyle Gibson. In and now you have, exactly, now you have Sonny mm. Gray at the top of your rotation. Yep. This whole team looks like a completely different ball club. In fact, 14 and a half win difference. That's a lot. Plus, you're the third best team in the National League. I like that. Marsh, while you have those glasses on, <laughs> oh can, can you keep those glasses on for a second? I'll put them back I, on. Man, it yeah, was tough. I, I just got a question for you. Yeah. Yeah. When it comes to your projections oh, yeah. of, of your St. Louis Cardinals, is this a World Series contender? I mean, Anthony, they're the third best team in the National League. That's just in the regular no, you're right. season. Yeah. You yeah. get into the postseason, anything yeah. can happen. You you win that first wild card round because, of course, you're not the top two teams, but that's okay. Right? You're playing good ball heading into October. I mm-hmm. like it. You win two games in a row at home. And you take that into the division series. I like this team right now. Okay, Makes sense to I me. like this team, especially because this computer just generated a bunch of wins for us. Yeah, and I like that. And, and again, Pacote is usually spot on, guys. Big analytics guy. There you what go. Did they, what did they have us at last year? Does no idea. Know? Yeah, we should, we should probably look that up. No idea. Because we can look back. Yeah, we should probably. Find you know what? Out what Hold on. Let's do a quick. Let's do a quick goggle search here. Twenty twenty three Pacota projections. I uh, don't care how they're. I'll find it. Let's see here. Uh, Cardinals, 85 and a half wins. (laughs) (laughs) Anthony, it's a a different year, right? Same exact number. Yeah. It's a different year. So the same computers that projected 85 and a half wins last year are saying, you know what? This is an 85 and a half win. Must have malware malfunctions, right? (laughs) You know, it's fine. It's fine. That is hilarious. (laughs) That is absolutely hilarious. They had him second behind Milwaukee, and we probably bitched. The same exact number. Maybe it's just the Cardinals. Maybe they just plug in 85.5 and go about their day. Probably. We went back every year. (laughs) Doesn't matter what the names are. It's basically the same team every year. Hey, you know what, though? In 2022, the projection was 79 and 83, and that ball club ended up being a 93 and 69. There you go. Shove it, Pakoda. Absolutely. So we don't need this math equation or whatever. We just need the guys on this ball club that are going to go out there and compete every single day. Yeah. Unless. Unless they had the day off, of course. Of course, yeah, which happens frequently. Or they're playing a different position. Uh, which happens even more frequently. No, 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 no. This year, we will play the same positions, have the same lineup. Consistency is the word that we're going to use for 2024. This team, listen, guys, I need oh, you to understand you the, the amount of work that they've done to prepare mm. this team for the 24 season. Mm-hmm. We saw last year. It didn't go the way in which we wanted to. We still believed and had faith. However... 2024, three, not one, Anthony, not one, not two, but three new starters is what they brought in. You heard LeBron James. He said it first. Mm-hmm. I said it second. That's what they LeBron did. LeBron didn't get it done. He didn't, but we will. <laughs> you got to understand. Don't worry about LeBron. <laughs> you brought him up. We talking, talking about practice? Don't worry about it. I'm That's just saying AI. this. Yeah. Cardinals. Guy. Exactly. Win. AI. Pakoda. AI. Pico- Do you see how it all came around? 
There we are. No, not at all, actually. I'm... <laughs> That I'm even more confused by. Chat uh, GPT as the Cardinals won in the World Series. There you go. We punched it in. We put the words in, and it said that's what was going to happen. (laughs) Write 500 words on why the Cardinals (laughs) are going to win the World Series. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. More hijinks on your way. What problems could each team have on Sunday that could cost them the game? We'll get into that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fastlane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's the fast lane on 101 ESPN. Brandon Kiley, our guy, he was right there with us. He was listening. He's got the, the Pakoda projections mm-hmm. for previous years. Now, we went over some of these. 2023, Pakoda had 86 wins or 85 and a half. Mm-hmm. 2022 was 81. 2021 was 81. 2020 had the COVID year. 2019 was 86. And then I'll read the previous 84, 76, 82, 89. So last time Pakoda was high as a kite on the Cardinals was 2015 89 they won 100 that year by the way Pakoda has been within and again this is, these numbers thanks to BK they have been within four to 12 wins you know between Off. what they projected yeah. and what the Cardinals actually did the other interesting aspect is that the Cardinals were plus 11 wins from what Pakoda projected them plus 11 plus 4 plus 7 plus 4 plus 5 plus 9 plus 12 last year is the first time they were minus they were minus okay so they were 15 wins lower than what Pakoda projected them a year ago what the heck happened so if you're if you're going on these numbers I don't know what the average is of these numbers but they're probably going to win about 90 games this year's this year boys all right yeah like 89 it. 89-90. I like it. For your old Redbirds. It's exciting. Mm. Or they could lose now, Marsh. 91 <laughs> games again. Marsh. Let's what? not. I'm There's no need. What? There's no need. Well, I'm just I mean, saying. It is possible. It's a trend. Okay, guys. No. Do you want me to go over it again? The first time negative wins yeah, last year. In the last, I don't know, eight years. Okay? So enough of that. Super Bowl Sunday. Right around the he corner. I wasn't wearing that. 49ers Chiefs. He wasn't. That's crazy. I'm throwing people off today. (laughs) Being positive on the Cardinals. 49ers Chiefs Super Bowl Sunday. Let's start off with Kansas City. What's the problem? If there's going to be a problem, what's the problem? The problem that's been the problem all year. They don't know. They don't have people that can catch footballs consistently. That's been their problem. Defensively, they've been great. We said this. I said this yesterday. This is probably the best defense Patrick Mahomes has had his entire tenure as the head, as the uh, quarter starting quarterback for the um, Kansas City Chiefs. The offense has probably – this is probably the worst offense that he's had his entire time as the starting quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs. So if, if there is a problem, somehow or another, San Francisco is getting after him. We've seen it happen in the past. We saw two different, I guess, versions of Patrick Mahomes struggling, mm-hmm. really struggling in the playoffs. One, we were talking to Randy Carricker about it when they played the Buccaneers a few years ago in the Super Bowl. They were creating so much pressure. He was running around and had no time. The Cincinnati Bengals did it in another way. 
They rushed three and dropped eight and let him sit there all day and figure out if he can find somebody open. And he was unable to do it that way. So there are there are a couple of ways to make sure that Patrick Mahomes doesn't have success. One, create pressure up the middle and and get him off of his spot. I think that's dangerous because when he does that, he generally gets outside the pocket and Travis Kelsey is somewhere open. Mm-hmm. And But the way the Cincinnati Bengals did it, I thought they did a really good job. The only way that I think the Kansas City Chiefs have trouble is they don't catch the football, which they've done a lot this year. They haven't done it in the playoffs yet, but they've done it a lot this season. I'm with you in that if it's going to be something that has shown showed up all season long, because why you know why wouldn't it? But I I don't have the drops. I have the second half struggles. Okay, this team this season scored scored an average of seven point six points in the second half. That's not good. Seven point six. The Kansas City Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid, Isaiah Pacheco averaged 7.6 points per game. The only teams that were lower were the Jets, the Titans, and the Patriots. The Raiders were had the same exact 7.6 average. Not That's right. terrible. That's very bad. So I don't know if it's a situation where you're always making adjustments, right? We, we overplay the halftime adjustments. Oh, it's a big halftime adjustment. Mm-hmm. Carrie, you know, you get in that, uh, you get in the, the you locker got, room. You're, you got eight minutes. Yeah, you're not making all, <laughs> all, you have to make the adjustments during the game. Yeah. So teams are figuring out what to do to slow down the Chiefs, or they're just not executing. Andy Reid maybe getting away from the game plan a little bit, maybe going too pass heavy, which has been his problem in the past. Mm-hmm. Whatever the reason is, 7.6 is the average in the second half in terms of points. That's terrible. That is. So that is something. And, and the they, they, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think they scored in the second half last week or two uh, weeks ago against the Ravens, right? They no, they did. All their 17 nope. points came came in first the first half. half. Yes, you got shut out in the second half. They didn't need the second half, Anthony. Yeah, they played great. Yeah, defense. Their de- I mean, their defense was incredible. They, they, all they allowed was the Justin Tucker field goal with two thirty four left in the game. Speaking of the defense, though, going back to that game against <laughs> Buffalo. Tony Romo said it throughout the game. He's like, if you're a Chiefs fan, I, I would be, I'd be nervous right now based on how their defensive line was playing against the rushing attack of, of Buffalo. And mm-hmm. Buffalo had 182 yards rushing that game. Baltimore only 81 last week. And we talked about Baltimore maybe not getting their guys, their running backs, involved as much as they should have. Could you see the 49ers doing what Buffalo did and just running the hell out of CMC all game? I think they. I think they have to. St- I, I could. I think they have to stick with what what works. And if you have Christian McCaffrey and he can get to the edge, and the Chiefs can't set it, then absolutely keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands. Mm-hmm. Shorten up the game. Limit the possessions in the second half. Continue to play with the lead, which is what San Francisco needs to do. If they can't run the ball, they're screwed. Mm-hmm. Uh, bottom line, San Francisco. I, I don't know that I've. They have not been a team that can't run the football though they generally stick with the run they're going to find ways to get Christian McCaffrey open space that Green Bay Packer game is a is a prime example the the touchdown that finally broke it open was a Christian McCaffrey run Mm -hmm. essentially right up the middle where no one was there they find creative ways to make sure that he's able to have room in the running game and 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 to your point if he is able to run the football in the manner in which they need him to 
it's going to be tough for Kansas City to, especially if they're struggling in the second half in the manner in which they have, it's going to be tough for them to, to, to battle through this game. It's just hard. We talked about it. It's hard for me to bet against Patrick Mahomes. I just think he's the, the best player on the field. And unless they can get to him early and get to him often, it's still going to be a tough challenge for the uh, 49ers. You look at the trends of the NFC games that the 49ers have played in this season. Is this the uh, moon The moon trends? No, no I'm not looking at the look moon. At not no, today. No. That was okay. yesterday. I'll, I'll circle back to the moon on please, Sunday for please sure. Do. Yeah. Uh, but you look at the 49ers, and, and they played the Packers. They went down. They had to come back in that game. They they played the, uh, the Lions. They had to come back in that game. You talk about the Chiefs' second-half problems. I wonder, though, if they do get down – if they can come back against this team who has been there, done that, compared to the Packers who had a rookie quarterback and the Lions who were just making Self-destructive. They're self-destructive, right? And they haven't been in that situation yeah. ever, right? So I wonder if the 49ers can get away with that against a team that has won a Super Bowl, they've been there, done that. I see Kerry shaking no. his head out of the corner of my eye. I completely agree. I, don't, I, think, I think that if they no. fall behind... If they fall behind twenty four to seven like they did the Lions, they're it's cooked. Yeah, against this Casey, there were so many things that needed to happen. Marsh, you're right. The, mm-hmm. the Lions imploded in the second half. The Gibbs fumble, the Josh Reynolds multiple drops, Jared Goff missed um, Sam Laporta on a on a high throw that could have been he, yeah, a he first did. down. We that, didn't talk about that right. either the, the week of. There was there was misses. Dan Campbell doing everything possible to show that he's going to go for it at any point in any game ever because that's who they are. (laughs) There was so much. But the other factor, too, was that Detroit's secondary was garbage. It was, and I noticed that when they played the Vikings in the final week. Justin Jefferson had a a pretty big game. Your guy Nick Mullins in two games against the Lions, Mm -hmm. they played him in three weeks. Mm -hmm. Don't call him my guy. He old was, Nick, old was, Nicky football. Who's your guy? Well, he Marsh's one, one of one Marsh's of favorite favorite quarterbacks. One of the four. One of the four. You put had. up about seven hundred passing yards against the Lions in those two games combined. So that Lions team, ripe for the taking when it comes to comebacks. KC, not so much. It won't happen. That They're going to shut down. Yeah, it won't happen that way with yeah. Kansas City. No, I agree. Yeah. 49ers, though, they got to get a lead. If they don't get a lead. It's the same thing that we saw in the three the three losses for them. Mm-hmm. They can't set up the run yeah. properly. You're right. They'll, they'll still figure out ways to get CMC. But they trail going in the fourth quarter of this game. They will not win. Right. I agree. I mean, against this team. This team has has not been there, done that. They, it won't, they, the moment won't be too big for them because they've had the success in the Super Bowl. They've had the success, you know, throughout their entire tenure and their tri- entire career there in Kansas City. They won't fold – if they get a lead, <laughs> San Francisco is going to have a, a tough time getting back into that game. No doubt. I don't understand why in certain sports the leagues don't save themselves the embarrassment with certain teams. We'll get into that. We'll explain why next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, treks, Envision, Azek, and decorators to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed 
guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Stop by and see Hackman's expanded paint department, too, with brushes, rollers, painter's tape, and four different lines of interior and exterior paint. Custom color match available. Visit Hackman Lumber's newly remodeled stores in St. Peter's and Pacific, or their showroom in Troy, Missouri. Hackman Lumber. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I don't understand why the NHL... And, and there's probably reasons for it. Okay, so I, I, I'm not, I'm not smart when it comes to the legal aspect of how much the NHL or NBA or Major League Baseball can do to step in and really solve an issue for an individual team. Okay, I'm sure there's a lot of red tape to it and all that, but there has to be something that the NHL could do about the the Coyotes, for mm. example, or Major League Baseball doing anything. With the Oakland slash Vegas slash minor league A's. <laughs> this is absolutely embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Here's the mayor of Vegas on front office sports on the A's and how they should stay in Oakland. We have a very large complex, probably about 60 acres. We probably could cobble together more land so they could possibly have 100 acres. And it's in the historic old part of town, which is where all major interstate highways come together. We have seven access points to it. It is in an opportunity zone. There are all these benefits. And so when they said no, I thought, hmm. This doesn't make sense. And so why is it happening? And then I thought, well, because they really want to stay in Oakland. They want to be on the water. They have that magnificent dream, and yet they can't get it. Would it be a good thing if the A's do, in fact, move to the Tropicana? I personally, I'm not talking about anybody else anywhere else in this community. I personally think they've got to figure out a way to stay in Oakland to make their dream come true. Okay, so that was Mayor Carolyn G. Goodman on Front Office Sports. That audio came from Front Office Sports. Mm. Now, before we dive into this, she did clarify. She goes, I want to be clear that that I am excited about the prospect of Major League Baseball in Las Vegas, and it very well may be that the Las Vegas A's will be becoming a, become a reality that will welcome be welcome to our city. So, not a full walk back, but she did kind of clarify, like, hey, listen, well, I'm still excited <laughs> for this. <laughs> Sounds like but they she want to be in Oakland. Yeah, it sounds like she doesn't believe that the athletics actually want to be anywhere other than Oakland. It, based on the comments and saying there were other opportunities, better spaces for them to choose, mm-hmm. and they chose this one and seemed feasible. It didn't seem like a great idea. It just seemed like they were choosing something to to say they chose something, but in actuality, they would prefer being in Oakland. And and so I'm I'm I feel bad for the city of Oakland. Like I, I've said this before. You lose the Warriors, they go across the bridge to San Francisco. You lose mm-hmm. the, the the Raiders, they go to Vegas. And now you're talking about losing the Oakland Athletics and them going to Las Vegas as well. The city of Oakland, we complain, like we, we lost two football teams. They potentially lose three major sports franchises in the matter of a five-year span. Like that's, 
That's hard. That's rough. Yeah. That is hard on Oakland fans and Oakland, you know, people from the city of Oakland. So I, I, I'm, I have long been of the mindset, I hope that they stay now. Hey, the, the, the product that they put out there, maybe the Oakland A fans are like, hell, you don't want to watch this crap. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, Take them. That's the unfair part, right? That is. But you, to your point, what can Major League Baseball do? What can the, the National Hockey League do for the, for the Coyotes? Nothing. Yeah. Because this is a, a – you are a part of a group, meaning the, the NHL or the Major League Baseball, but you still own this team and you still have rights to do with whatever you want to do with your team and mm-hmm. how you see fit to run it. I can't come in and say, you run your business terrible. Give it to me. Yeah. Huh? No. Yeah. Hell no. You can't I'll run take, this how I want to. <laughs> I'm going to run – you don't have to like it. Are you gonna? I mean, what could – what really – what could Major League Baseball do to rectify – the the Oakland Athletics deciding to want to leave and them not putting a product out there that wins games. What is the what are what are some of the the repercussions that could take place? Kerry, you said it's not going to happen, and I agree. You could do a salary floor and a salary cap. It'll Another never thing. happen. Another thing Sorry. that won't happen, Kerry. I'm with you. Yeah. Well, so I not, that wasn't for you. I just that you was know, for everyone out there that screams that salary cap. No salary floor. No. The owners ain't gonna go for a floor, and the players right. ain't gonna go for a cap. Yep, they got it. They both parties have it exactly where the hell they want it. But that I can would make as much as I want, and if I'm an owner, I don't have to spend nothing if I don't want to. This is this is where we get into what's best for the fans or what's what's reality. Yeah, this is because two different what, things. What's best for the fan? This is where we get into the weeds. What's best for the fans? Is to have a salary cap, salary floor, same rules. It's it it's a uh, finite game. There's nine innings, unless there's extra innings, but you get what I'm saying. The, the <laughs> rules are set. Game. The rules are set in the off season. Rules are set during games. You spend. You could spend this amount. You have to at least spend this amount. Otherwise, do what you want to do with your roster, right. and it creates a uh, a competitive balance. Now. Baseball fans, some baseball fans will hear that and say, well, look at the previous World Series winners. Okay. Expand that out just a little bit and look at, like, the final four teams. Mm-hmm. A lot of the same teams you're you're seeing coming up over and over and over again. Whereas, like, the Chiefs, have, you know, they, they may win another one here in a, a short, short period of time. There's still a lot of parity in the regular season, though. The flipping Houston Texans won a playoff game this year. Salary cap, salary floor, finite game. Everybody kind of kind of plays the same thing. That would be the best for fans, yeah. Because now I have an opportunity each year to watch my team, who was dog, you know what, bleep, bleep for the previous five years, make a playoff game. I I, I could be excited for it. Turn it around in heartbeat. But what's reality is that Major League Baseball, to your point, Kerry, owners will never go for the floor. They don't want it. They don't want to have to spend if no. they don't want to. No. I.e. Oakland, and the players will never go for the cap because they want to make as much money as humanly possible, as much money as somebody's willing to pay. So we're not going to see that. Why? Why doesn't this owner just sell the team? He doesn't he, want to. Why? What's he's the pro- point of having a team? I, is he's he probably making, making money? He's probably making. Even the Oakland A's are probably making a ton of money. Way more money than than he would doing anything else, mm-hmm. I would assume. And so when people would well, just sell the team, he should. Wow, you why? But wouldn't you make more why, money if why? your going team back was to the good? Fan, going going back to the fan, yes, but 
he's already got he's already got profits. He he's already got he's already got winner doing nothing. He just he's not putting anything in. Exactly. If you're, 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 it's terrible. I agree. Major League Baseball needs to step in then and be like, dude, you're, the you're only, making our product look worse. The only way that Major League Baseball or any of these organizations, NBA, NFL, step in is when there's an issue like what you had with Donald Sterling. Mm. When you have the issue that you had with the, um, the, with the Suns, Suns owner. Yeah. Where you're like, okay, yeah, we, we won't allow that. Right. But you being But that's cheap, an owner. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You, you got to get out of here because you, we won't allow those types of things. But you being cheap, There's nothing I don't do know that it. you can do anything with someone that does not want to spend money, but they're making money on their own company. Like that's It's, it's mm-hmm. un-American, right? <laughs> How can you tell someone, right. you need to give me that because, well, maybe that is actually American now that I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> give me that. Right because now, you're not it's doing mine. It right. It's mine. <laughs> <laughs> Think about it. But either way, I'm not. <laughs> Come on, Carrie. Really? Hey, wait. Hey, I was not expecting the <laughs> a history lesson today. <laughs> it's the truth. But either way, the the fact that they we weren't, weren't there, there but we, we weren't. But we know history doesn't change. It still, it is what it is. Either way. The fact that they won't be able to tell It's the land of the free care. I will not I will not sit okay. here and have you <laughs> Hey, if you don't if you don't learn from the past, you're, the history is bound to repeat there itself. You go. Sure. So we're we're getting a history lesson right now. Right now. I'm just saying America. So right. so yeah. another ball club in Major League Baseball doesn't end up like the Oakland there Athletics. That's why we're having this history lesson. Get their mm. team taken from them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah. It would be nice if Major League Baseball could do something, but Kerry's right. This, this is the these teams are purchased and operated by these owners that can do whatever they want with their team. Do people in Vegas even want the A's on in their city? Yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. Yep. You want to be a city that's got everything Four franchises, three franchises. NHL, you think they'd rather have a different team, NFL. or do you think they want the Yankees? I'm sure they want the Yankees, but you know, like, Yankees aren't They're available. <laughs> yeah, Yankees aren't available. You gotta take, take yeah. what's available. Yeah. I think that uh, that this is going to be a St. Louis, L.A. situation where this team actually goes to a different city and then they start actually competing, caring. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's instead possible. of instead of hiring Jeff Fisher, they hire Sean McVay. Because you're not going to move you're not going to move your team to a new city and be terrible. How is that right. going to attract fans? Yeah, very true. All right, it's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. What's trending is next. We're right back to the Fastlane podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time to find out what's going on in the sports world with What's Trending Now. Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate a car and get tickets to the St. Louis Cardinals. Welcome back to the Fastlane here on 101 ESPN with Anthony Stalter and Kerry Davis. I'm Andrew Marsh and it's time for What's Trending. Gentlemen, the Dodgers have another pitcher. Actually, it's just Clayton Kershaw. Him and the Dodgers reach an agreement on a new contract. What do you guys think of this signing? And where does he fit in with this rotation? Yeah, so the deal apparently figures to become official on Thursday, which is the first day the Dodgers can place players on the 60-day roster. 17th with with the Dodgers. We saw this with Yachty where he stayed in one spot. It's ex- it, it is becoming extraordinarily rare mm-hmm. that one player stays with one team. But I think I think it's great. 
There was some speculation that he might go to the Rangers, but turns out he's going to return to the Dodgers for his uh, 17th season. Now, in terms of his on-field on products, I mean, he, he's not going to pitch until the second half or later. He, has, he had surgery on his shoulder, so I don't think that this is going to impact them significantly throughout the course of the season. But to have Clayton Kershaw coming back at some point in the second half, even this this version of Clayton Kershaw is still pretty, pretty good. good. It's pretty really good because you're gonna have injuries. You're yeah. gonna have in, you're gonna have injuries throughout the course he's, of your he's season. Your fourth or fifth starter at this with, point with him either probably, probably fourth, third, fourth maybe. Shohei isn't pitching this year though. So no, true. Maybe. But, but Walker, when does Walker Bueller come back? He's gonna be back. Bueller at some point. Let's see here. Yeah. Uh, Dodgers confirm that Bueller will be held back to start the season. But he will, uh, let's see here, Dodgers haven't said what the workload will be, coming off Tommy John. Walker Bueller's going to be back for the majority of the season. Mm. It's going to be a dangerous team come probably mid to second half of the season then. I would if say so. If everyone is getting healthy, especially in the starting in the, in the, the starting pitchers. So you've got, <laughs> you've got Yamamoto. <laughs> yeah. You've got Bueller at some point. Mm-hmm. you got Tyler Glass now. Mm-hmm. You've got the young kid, Bobby Miller. And you also signed James Paxton. So, yeah, they're going to be pretty stout. So, Yamamoto is going to be your How many your start, your, your does, ace. Uh, Pakota have them? How many wins do they have them? 100. 100 uh, 101.1. 101.1. Yep. Sounds, sounds about right. ESPN. Yep. So it is a good number. It is. It's so, Yamamoto, number. Glass now. Mm-hmm. For a team that's going to lose in the NLCS. Probably. <laughs> yeah. But, you know. They're going to be dangerous again. Yeah, it's a good signing, good depth, good depth signing, and I like the fact that again he's he's going back to the same team. Guys, it looks like the Commanders have fired Eric Bieniemy, and and I mean Coach Quinn. What, 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 what are you doing? Well, he's bringing in Cliff Kingsbury. Ah, we heard the <laughs> and and Caleb Williams was congratulating him about that. Hmm. that the same Caleb Williams that may or may not want to be a Chicago Bear. The number one overall pick. I saw Lewis Riddick of ESPN say that the commander should just completely throw everything at the Bears for the number one pick. Take Caleb Williams. What are you giving up for that? I mean, you moving up one spot. You're giving up obviously your your first round pick. Yeah, I mean, you a first round swapping. a first round next year. Oh, and then I don't know. Or do you not even risk it because he already said he does not want to go to the Bears? He but has the Bears told trade, you. But if the Bears trade that pick, will he be willing he, to go well, to Well, if they're going to trade, they, they might get more from someone else either way. Very true. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if, if you are who was in there that – I don't think Tennessee is going to get another one. Maybe Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta Falcons moving up from eight to number one. You're going to get more yeah. from Atlanta than more. you would get from, from – the the commanders at one spot ahead, one spot behind. Carolina went what nine to nine to nine to one, one last year, yeah. and they, they gave, gave up, up a haul. Yes, they did. And they had to throw in DJ Moore just just to sweeten the deal. Yeah. And many other teams. I, I, who else needs a? Who is in need of? The Minnesota Vikings should resign Kirk Cousins. That's I'm gonna die on that hill, Marsh. And I think you will be up there with me. Yeah, I actually uh, really? had this thought. Oh, I thought it would be interesting. New England needs a quarterback? No. Um, they do. I was watching the uh, Jameis Winston interview 
Which with, one? With Pardon My Take. Mm-hmm. It was actually really good. And I, I love Jameis Winston. And I was like, hmm, I wonder if the Vikings would end up maybe drafting a quarterback this year, not paying Kirk Cousins, giving more of that money to Justin Jefferson, you know, bolstering their roster, and bring Jameis Winston in for one year. Man, that guy. I but love you, that guy. But you got your guy in Nikki football. No. Nikki Mullins. Yeah, I got a bunch of guys. Yeah, I had four guys start this year. Yeah, you got four. Yeah. You got one. That's true. We only need two. Mm. AKA Jameis Winston, baby. Nice. <laughs> Number two. <laughs> hey, Kerry, Eric Bianami. Yeah. I I feel I, I don't know. But there's some but there's got there's there's something. So I don't know if you saw did you see about Mike Vrabel as to why he was not getting any jobs this season? He's he's a terrible interview. Well, no, because there are some people that are uncomfortable with his size, his stature, and it makes some people feel uncomfortable. Andy Reid's a big guy. Not like that. Ah. Andy Reid is bigger this way mm. than this way. And so Eric Bieniemy, not not big in stature, but his, I think the way he carries himself makes people uncomfortable this is football what are you talking about on the field but there is a there is a complete distinction and we all know that from the field and the front office and he is more he has to do both he has to deal with people in the front office that the head coach does and obviously has to deal with players on the field Mm. Mike Vrabel, they said that he makes people uncomfortable. I thought that was fake. Yeah, I thought it uh, was was it not fake? I don't think it was. I I don't know. It was real. Yeah, he makes people uncomfortable. It's got to be real fake. Real fake? No. Mm, I don't know. Who was it? Diana Rossini was saying that. So, I mean, Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell's a mountain of a man. Yeah, some people can handle it, some can't. I, I think it's probably more his personality. For for Vrabel or for it, probably both. I, I agree. There's got to be a reason why Eric Bieniemy, yeah. New York Post, after all those years, physical in KC. Yeah. Then and I brought this point up. I, I I brought this point up before. He goes to Washington. They they could have fired Ron Rivera at any point. That team wasn't going anywhere. You could have fired him, given Eric Bieniemy a run as a head coach in the second half to see what he would do. But instead, they're like, nah, we'll just keep Riverboat Ron. His his carcass will just keep him. They kept him because they didn't want to turn it over to Eric Bieniemy. Exactly. They didn't want him to have success. There were no plans, new ownership, new group, no plans to give Eric Bieniemy a shot. And he makes people uncomfortable because he's his brash delivery. Hmm. We heard about it when he first got to uh, Washington. The players were uncomfortable. And Tyreek Hill said, yeah, y'all just got to get used to that. Mm-hmm. He's not even he, – he, he coached all of us that way. Patrick Mahomes said, I don't know what to tell you. You got to get used – this is how it goes. Yeah. But if you listen, you could be a champion because he's done it on the highest level with some of the greatest players to play the game. But it's uncomfortable. Did you see it? You, I did see yeah. the the Mike Vrabel it's thing. On, it's I, on I, the New York Post right here. So it is real. Yeah, Mike Vrabel's physical so appearance I thought may it was have fake. been too intimidating and turned teams off. Wow. You never can tell these days what's real and what's fake. Sometimes sometimes you have Elon Musk who's buying Anheuser-Busch yeah. and you think it's real. Yeah. Typically, if Jamie's reading something from Twitter, it is not real. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one last thing here, and this this is going up against the, the moon, right? So Madden, every year they do a sim of the Super Bowl. And congratulations, Anthony, the Chiefs. In Madden, have beaten the yes. San Francisco 49ers. However, the last three seasons, Madden and the Sim has been wrong. Mm. 
It had the Eagles beating the Chiefs last year, the Bengals beating the Rams, and then Kansas City defeating Tom Brady in Tampa Bay three years in a row that the Sim has got it wrong. And the Chiefs have won this year's Madden Sim for the Super Bowl. So the Sim is due to get one right. Red Kingdom. <laughs> I, don't I, don't know. Know. I don't know. Here you go, Anthony. Okay. Here's some positive some positivity. The last time Madden got a simulation right for the Super Bowl was when the Chiefs beat the 49ers. There you go. See? So. You, yeah. Carrie. Nah, I don't you know. You and I, Chiefs. Yeah. yeah Kingdom. We, we are definitely not um going against Patrick Mahomes no. ever again. There we and go. don't go against the moon either. That thing's what been a staple in, in human history for a long time. <laughs> the moon, the moon gave us greatness earlier. Nineteen and one. Nineteen and one. The moon is in that crescent level of style. Yeah, what you said. Because I don't know what that is. Hey, uh, 101 ESPN has your chance to win a pair of single season passes to the 2024 State Farm Missouri Valley Conference Men's Basketball Tournament. It's the return of Arch Madness at the annual MVC tournament, March seventh through the 10th at Enterprise Center. All session and single session tickets are on sale now, and you can text in to the Air Comfort Service text line to score passes to Arch Madness now at 314-399-9646. And you can learn out, learn more about the MVC tournament registered to win tickets at 101ESPN.com or the 101 mobile app. Who's the runner-up in last year's title game? That's your that's your question. Who's the runner-up? What, what team lost in last year's title game? In the Arch Madness tournament, if you have the correct answer, and you're the 101st extra to 314 399 you're going to get these tickets. So there you have it. All right, this fast lane on 101 to ESPN. Does the Pakota standings give you confidence in the Cardinals? Let me some mic drop. We'll tell you our answer on that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Three oh five. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. To the Pakota standings for the Cardinals, give you some, give you some juice today, and not juice sorrows at pizza. You <laughs> didn't. Apparently, it's UC. UC. I think mm-hmm. you got that name wrong, but it's okay. I don't need to get it right when he blows a three nothing lead. I was going to say, Andy, did you uh, did you see when when the Predators had a three nothing lead and then lost? I did. Yeah. I did. <laughs> I did see that. Yes. Yeah. Well said there, Marsh. So d- does the Pakota standings give you any sort of confidence? How about this, too? The the closer we get to spring training, so it doesn't even have to be Pakota, and they've got the Cardinals at 85 and a half wins. So it was round up 86 wins. Mm-hmm. That's third in the National League in terms of the teams that they project. Atlanta, uh, LA's won at 101.1. Atlanta's two at uh, 100.7, and the Cardinals are are third at 85.5. So a bit of a drop-off there, but they're third nonetheless, boys. But even if the Pakoda standings you don't care about, the closer that we get to spring training, do you start to feel a little bit more confident in the Cardinals? I feel like I'm going to be confident when I see the product on the field. When I see 
you know, a, a moment in the game where, and, and I'm ta- I'm not talking about spring training because we saw a, a really good spring training last year, and it yeah, turned that fooled out, me. Turned out really bad, and so I, I'm I'm talking, you know, the first three four series of the year, really understanding who this team is. They got some challenges to start the season off, and really get a good view of of who these starters are how well they're going to perform. I know most people say early in the season, don't we got to wait till the weather breaks. It starts to warm up a little bit. But I think you will have an idea as to what you're working with, you know, two, three, four series into the, into the season. As I alter another question here, what will give you confidence? Because for me, and I'll let you guys ruminate okay. on that, okay? What, what will give you confidence in the Cardinals with the on-field product, we spent all off-season talking about what could bring you confidence if they do this, if they sign this guy, if they trade for this guy. But assuming that this is this is the roster, and it is, what's going to give you confidence on the field? For me, it's winning in a very select way. So it might be I, I don't I don't care what it is, and I'm not going to start projecting that the Cardinals mm-hmm. will do this. But let's just say the starting staff is way better than what we thought. That and you're, you are shutting teams down. Like, you're pitching. It just comes together. It was the right guys at the right time and all that. Steven Matz is staying healthy, and he's, he's dealing. He's doing his thing. The guys that you picked up, they're, they're solid. The starting staff in April is just shut down, right? Or maybe it's the offense. They, they, they hit more home runs than anybody in baseball in the, in the first month. Winning in a certain way will give me confidence. See, I, I think the opposite. I'd like to see them win in different ways, mm-hmm. right? I would like to see them blow teams out. I'd like to see them keep one-run leads and win games like that. I'd like to see them come from behind and win. Because if this team, the whole year, let's just say they're blowing teams out, right? But in one game, they get down by like three or four runs. No, like, yeah. Ah, we're used to blowing teams out. Like, mm-hmm. just not our night. No, I want to see this team and what they can do when they're losing. Because so you want to see them win in a variety of ways. Yeah, I want to. I want to see them in certain situations and see how they perform under certain situ in, in certain situations. Because so you, that's what it's going to be like come October. So you kind of want to see them be the jack of all trades, master of none. Because you can't be great in everything. Well, You're not the Braves. Wh- why? Why do they have to be? What, what does that have to do with winning games, though? What I'm saying is, be elite at, at at least one aspect of your game. Like going into every game, like you're gonna, you're gonna have to win in a different way because our pitching staff is gonna shut you down. Or, good luck keeping the ball in the park because mm-hmm. this is the best power hitting team in the league. I want this. It's just my opinion, mm-hmm. but I want to see them win. And do so in at least one elite way. Now, I'm not saying be great in one area and horrific mm-hmm. in every other category. But yeah, they if already I'm gonna, did that. They already did that. <laughs> if but if I'm going to have confidence in this team, if I see one aspect of their game, I know how they're winning and how they're losing. But more so, they are elite in one aspect of their game. I will feel good about it. I think I'm more on the the lines with you. For me, playing good defense, hitting the cutoff man, work ethic, doing the the minor detail things, the things that help you win games, for me, is what I, I want to see. <laughs> I want to see a consistent lineup. I would love to see that, but that is not on the players. That's on management and, and, and whoever is putting together the lineup day-to-day and roster and, and, and all of those things. Ali Marmol said that's 
So I want to see some consistency there. I want to see, you know, a player batting in the two-hole every single day. And I don't want to just see uh, Goldie and Arenado batting where they bat. I want to see consistency in the lineup so the guys can get familiar and understand the pitches that they're going to see because of who's behind them or who's in front of them and, and things of that nature. I want to see consistency. I want to see good defense. Obviously, you want to see wins. Mm-hmm. Um, the power, you know, I don't know that this is a power team, but hitting with runners in scoring position for me also. So, like, suffocating fundamentals. The fundamentals. They the don't things, beat themselves. The things that are boring to do all off season to work on, the things that you just have to do repetitively and it's boring and mm-hmm. no one's excited no one's watching. That does Those play, are the things I want to see. That does play in the postseason, Marsh, because you do not see teams beat themselves much in the, that win For at sure. all. They don't beat themselves. I think the, the way that I look at this, though, like you're, let's just say for the sake of the argument or mm-hmm. the sake of the conversation, you're thinking of, okay, they have an elite offense, right? Their offense is elite. Well, their offense is not going to be elite for 162-plus games if you're playing in the postseason – that's just not going to happen. I want to see if the offense is not humming on all cylinders, I need the pitching staff to step up. And if they're doing that and they're finding different ways to win ball games, then I have more confidence in this team because I know if the offense did not show up one day, maybe the defense and the pitching does. And if the pitching doesn't show up one day, then maybe the offense is able to pick them up and win games. So finding different ways to win with all areas of your ball club, that is what's going to give me confidence because when I look at that, that is a an overall team, right? One guy picking up the next guy. That's what gives me confidence. There's a text from the uh, 636 gents. I'd just be happy to see them win. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Well said. Probably, we're, we're probably, probably going. Well, we got a four-hour radio show to. Hey, okay, we just do that. But Marsh, you know what that sounds like to me? The Blues this year. But they're 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 not winning. Like they they are, but they're not. Exactly. So we don't know why they're winning. Like we 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 did this whole thing. An identity. Yes. Yeah. I should or probably like just said own. identity. Yeah. You know, so you don't think that finding ways to win ball games in other ways? Yes. I, I think being well-rounded is yeah. good. Yeah. I think being consistent in one aspect where you go to the ballpark, for example, we use Kerry Steelers a lot. You knew you were going to get punched in the mouth if you walked into Heinz Field, especially in January. If you did not up your physicality, Mm -hmm. you are going to be left in whatever dirty-ass Pittsburgh street they have there. Right, but you might win that game, though, because the Pittsburgh Steelers, their offense, not good, right? They're they're not good. That offense was really good, first and foremost, okay? (laughs) Not this year. Fullback was incredible. Uh, He was. Maybe maybe when Kerry was playing. (laughs) Actually, not maybe. They were. The Cardinals, but the Cardinals aren't the Braves. I should have said this. They're not the Braves. They're not the Dodgers. Mm Mm-hmm. They're the Cardinals, and they have a very average to above average roster, right? If we're being fair, let's let's say above Dude. average roster. Okay. Let's say above average All roster. Right. Okay? Well, they're third best in the NL according, according to, to the computer. computer. Right. Clearly. But Atlanta has a better roster. Philadelphia has a better roster. The Dodgers have a better roster. Hell, the Diamondbacks might have a better roster. They don't have the best roster. So we're talking about the Cardinals, not the Braves. What you're talking about, beating teams in a variety of ways, mm-hmm. yeah. If I'm Atlanta, you better show me that. Because if your pitching stinks, you're off. I get, I get that. That's your point's well made. If I'm talking about the Cardinals, though, you do not have a roster that's going to compete with those other teams. 
can you do one thing at an elite level consistently? So that 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 reminds me of the the Minnesota Vikings last year, right? They yeah. were winning one score games and they were unbelievable at that. But the one game that they needed to win a one score game, they failed at. They sure. were so good at that last season, and they lost. They lost in the playoffs to Daniel Jones for for crying out loud, like. <laughs> For, Dan, for Daniel Jones. Because say. their offense, their offense could keep up, right? Because yeah. the defense was so bad. But Absolutely. with the moment their offense was not good, the game was it was over because their defense was not good. So right. yeah, they were good at one thing all season, but when it really came down to it and they weren't, they didn't have the other side of the, of the football to step up. And that's gonna cost the Cardinals a, a a chance to make a deep run at some point, right? But well, yeah, based on what Vikings, you're saying, that's what that's what that's that's how I'm perceiving it. Vikings did not have the Eagles roster. They did not have the Niners roster. They did not have the Chiefs roster. But if you play the Vikings, you better put up points. That's kind of where I'm at. I, I get what you're you know saying, what I mean? mm-hmm. and it, it, for me, I hope it's pitching. I hope the pitching surprises pitching that and defense out of us. for me. Uh, if defense first and foremost, listen, pitching, you, defense, yeah. base running, offense, the simple coaching. Things. Just give me all of that, and I think they're going to be okay. I agree. Jamie Rivers, live from Mexico, next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Carrie Davis, I'm Anthony Stalter. It's the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Let's head to our 101 ESPN celebrity line where we're joined by the man, the myth, the legend, all the way down in Mexico. It's Jamie Rivers from his vacation spot. What's up? What's up, Riv? How much, boys? How are we doing? <laughs> How are you doing? Are That's, you yeah, we, we don't doing? care about us. How are you doing? I'm good, buddy. I'm good. I'm uh, poolside right now. There are some shenanigans going on in the pool. The music's going. The drinks are nice. And I'd be remiss to say that uh, I'm, I'm having a pretty good time. <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't tell until that last sentence. What are we drinking? Yeah. Uh, right now, uh, I'm kicking the tires on a Paloma. I don't really drink these very often, but... I drank so much yesterday that I think I drank everything that they made, so I'm trying something different today. Good for you. Yeah, you got to expand your horizons, that's for sure. Yeah. Hey, you know, always growing, growth, personal growth, Anthony. Yes. Oh, sure. We, we've we been inundated with requests. Now, I don't know if you post anything. I haven't been on social media. <laughs> Have we been inundated with them? What, what's going on with the with the latest pair? If you, know, if you catch my drift. Yeah, there's yet to be an okay. official unveiling. Okay, all right. So, Marsh said by Wednesday. That was his date, his day. Just because it's hump day. <laughs> yeah, hump day made yeah. sense for him. Well, how appropriate would that be, right, Anthony? <laughs> hey, it made sense to me. As soon as Marsh said it, I go, ah, Marsh, you. That makes a lot of sense. Okay, all right. Yeah. Uh, so, Jamie, we wanted, we wanted to have you on to – uh, ruin your vacation just a little bit, uh, but we missed you. <laughs> and get your thoughts on the 2025 Winter Classic being at Wrigley Field between the Blues and the Blackhawks. Yeah, I think it's pretty awesome, man. You know, you, you, you just look back at the natural rivalries over the course of time, and it's always been Blues-Blackhawks. And 
I thought it was an awesome event when they had it at Bush Stadium. Obviously, it, it sold out. People loved it. It was a great event. St. Louis did a fantastic job. And, you know, Chicago has had one at Wrigley Field before. I think they played the Red Wings when they did it. But this time around, man, it's going to be neat. They got Connor Bedard, young star. So, obviously, the NHL recognizing that they needed to get more eyeballs onto this young man. And, you know, what better team? than to have the Blues come up there. The last time they did this whole song and dance, it was super successful, and it was a hell of a hockey game. So I'm looking forward to it, man. Well, Jamie, I mentioned earlier that we don't want you to be there by yourself, and the entire show should be there for the Winter Classic in Chicago. Yeah, curious. I, I think that that would be great for us, you know, just you know, just building on what we have. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Boots on the ground is always necessary, carrying these situations, <laughs> and... I'm sure that Tommy will expense the whole thing. John Kioski, big hockey fan. There you go. He'll probably, he'll probably want to come with us and just be on the show just to say he did it, you know? <laughs> I don't blame him for that. It's more than welcome to. Yes, indeed. So, Jamie, as and I'm sure you've thought about this a lot for your over your vacation here. When it comes to – well, first, I don't think we had an opportunity to talk to you. At least uh, I didn't because I went out there for a little while. Things got <laughs> – <laughs> Things got wild. Um, yeah, the, you had said that the the Blue Jackets game was significant because it the Blues had been rolling. They had the opportunity to to head into the break on you know an absolute tear by beating a bad team. But let's flush that out. When it comes to the second half, how does this team start fast? What is the best? What's the best approach? Well, for me, what's going to be pivotal is we're going to get some guys back from injury, or at least one would assume so. You know, you ended up with both Scott Perunovich and Justin Falk out with injury. Kasperi Kapanen, he was out with his foot. You know, Kapanen hasn't had a crazy offensive season, but you really lose a lot of team speed when he's out of the lineup, and he's a real good penalty killer. Uh, He plays very strong defensive hockey. So that does create a little bit of a void in your lineup. And uh, certainly Justin Falk and Scott Perunovich. You know, Justin Falk, I, I've talked about it all year. I think he's been your second-best defenseman next to Colton Pareko. And honestly, Scott Perunovich has really picked up his game. He's been a really nice add, especially for your power play, which, you know, under Drew Bannister is tied for eight in the NHL. And Scott Perunovich has been a big part of that. So I think the key for them starting fast once we start up again here is – one, remembering what it felt like to lose at the Blue Jackets, but then also remember what it felt like to go on that five-game tear. Right. You know, and what guys were doing. They were sacrificing. They were playing the right way. They were playing tight defensively. And I think that's the biggest key here is realizing that that hard work, that style of play was rewarded with victories against some pretty good hockey clubs, too, other teams that were in the mix. And now you have an opportunity to start your first two games against teams that aren't really in the mix. The Buffalo Sabres, the Montreal Canadiens, but the caveat to that is, well, let's be real, both teams are fast, both teams are talented, and if you're not on your A game, they'll put the screws to you, and then you'll start 0-2 out of the break, and that's certainly not the start you want. Well, that was going to be my question. I know it's probably tough to answer, but what Blues – okay, yes. There we so go. Good times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we called you. <laughs> which, blues, <laughs> which Blues team can we expect in the second half? Well, you better expect – the one we saw recently in the five-game tear, because if you see the one against the Blue Jackets, they're screwed. <laughs> so we don't play off for that team. You know? And 
I think that that's, that's going to be an important piece of the, the I guess, the, the meaning when Drew Bannister gets these guys back together. I know, guys, I'm battling through it. Jamie, <laughs> all I want great. is a video when you get done. Just send us a video yeah. or a picture of what's going on in the in the background. Uh I don't know if I can do that, Kerry. Uh, certain restrictions apply. <laughs> Fair. But, no, I think as a coaching staff and as a leadership group, like, you have to meet it head on and realize, like, what kind of team do we want to be? Do we want a team be a team that misses the playoffs because we screwed up a handful of games? Or do we want to be a team that, quite honestly, battles the odds? Because there's a lot of people that, had kind of written off the blues and they're not going to be a playoff team. It's not really not respecting the group of guys that are there playing. And here they are now in a situation to where they can be a playoff team. So who do you want to be? And I think that comes down to each and every player showing up every day, be ready to go. All right, Jamie, before we let you go, we're going to switch gears just for two seconds. Pakoda released its numbers. Oh, my favorite guy. Yes. <laughs> You're going to like him, though. Cardinals, 85.5 wins. That's the third highest projection in the National League. So that would put them one in the NL Central and third in the entire National League behind only the Dodgers and the Braves. What kind of world are we living in where 85 wins is like third best in the National League? Like You've got to get to 90-plus wins to be a team of significance. So now 85 wins is getting you to the dance. Like, man, Pakotas, he definitely lowered his standards. <laughs> I think the Cardinals have been right around 85, 85 86 wins for them. <laughs> Carrie and I were just saying, you know, this Pakota just runs the same same system because even though if the, if the names are different, the Cardinals, it's the same team. Yeah. Year after year. Well, it's, it's, a little, it's a little shocking, you know, because – like last year, everybody was so ticked off at Pakota because they said, well, they're going to not be a very good team. Well, they really weren't a good team. In, in fact, they underperformed. Even Pakota didn't see what was going to happen right. um, beforehand. And I don't know, man. It's weird to think that the additions that they've had to this team moves the needle enough, or, or maybe it doesn't move the needle. It's, it's weird to think that other teams have fallen off that much. So when you look at the Central Division and the National League overall, it's just hard to imagine that only the Dodgers and the Braves are, you know, theoretically going to be better than the Cardinals. Yeah, that's a, it's a weird thing to look at. All right, Jamie, we're gonna let you go. Keep keep drinking drinking your new drink. Try another one. Enjoy. Thanks for joining I us, buddy. I have one for all of you. Okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Support. I'm sure you already have. See you, buddy. <laughs> all right, guys, have fun. All right. There's Jamie Rivers, our guy, live from Mexico. He's in. He's in the pool. He's yeah. poolside. I, I enjoy that for him. Yeah, Good I don't think him. he's in the pee pool either. No, no, it doesn't sound yeah. like it, Marsh. The adult pool. Yep. <laughs> All right, we're gonna play. Are you sold? Next in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the fast lane podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Super Bowl champion Kerry Davis, some Anthony Stalters, Andrew Marsh with some Are You Sold questions. All right, gentlemen, the Philadelphia Eagles will be playing in Brazil next season to open up the year. Are you sold on the NFL expanding the game to other countries now in 
the South America region. Are you sold on this? I'm sold that they're going to do it. Yeah, they're going to do it. And conti- um, well, they have done it, and they're going to continue to do it. The one game was supposed to be in Mexico City a couple of years ago when the Chiefs and the Rams played, and they, mm-hmm. they had to shift the game to, I think, back it, to SoFi. Because of the uh, smoke? Was it I the, th- yeah, I think it was fires or smoke. Fires, or, yep. I think so, yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> this is just part of the business. Yep. Um, I think it... It throw it does throw your schedule off a little bit, obviously, because it's different. But at the end of the day, if it's it's the first game of the year, is that what you said? Yeah, the season opener. Yeah, that's that's in, that, that's interesting. I wish that is. I wish the season opener was in somebody's home stadium. I think that's the only problem. You lose like a home game. You yeah. lose a home game, which obviously teams desperately mm-hmm. want and need. Um, not just the players, but the ownership groups. They don't want to lose home games. Uh, but I think it is a cool, a cool experience. You know, you have ha- have had them going over to London and going to different countries. And so is Germany. Germany. Yep. You know, it, it's as long as the fields are up to standard, which that's usually the main issue, I don't have a problem with it. I, I enjoy the early Sunday games. I know the matchups aren't always the best, but because with, it's like 10 a.m. Yeah. That, well, yes, that makes. So I told Some you, of these games are on like 8:30. Listen, I lived in L.A. and waking up at 10 a.m. and seeing football was like the yeah. best thing ever. It was like, whoa, it's early. It's huh? am, it's Football's amazing on. when I'm like, all right, I get the kids fed and it's oh kickoff of yeah somebody. Well, it can be a little bit of a problem when you don't get your lineup together. Your that can be a problem, lineup. sure. Your fantasy, or if you don't get your. Your one-on-one ESPN pick'ems in. There you go. Well, we know about that. We didn't have any issues with that, though. Yeah, I didn't. A couple people did. Interesting one here from the <laughs> 636. <laughs> Moving along. Right along. <laughs> uh, so we had Darius Shepard in yesterday from the Battle Hawks. So we have a Battle Hawks question from the 636. Are you sold that the Battle Hawks will still be good with or without A.J. McCarron? I thought A.J. McCarron last year was one of their biggest weapons. Mm-hmm. When he was changing plays of the line, when he was you know, he, he was seeing things that he could recognize from the NFL and diagnose plays quickly pre-snap, there were so many times where the Battlehawks would score a touchdown just on, on his experience, yeah. just because of his experience or his throw or his calmness or his ability to command a, you know, a huddle. Mm-hmm. I think they can be good, yes, because I think they're going to be well coached by Anthony Beck. He was a huge difference for them last year. Huge. I agree. I think, you know, hopefully they are, um, you know, we'll see who, who's the starting quarterback and hopefully they, they get the work in and get enough time to get familiar with their guys and with the system and are able to have the success. Anthony did a great job last year and, and you know, not finishing in the way that they I know that they all wanted to and we expected them to. I think they'll have that. The players that are returning, they'll have that on their mind and be ready to roll. Mm-hmm. I don't care who the quarterback is, as long as they're winning games and drinking seltzers after. There you go. That's all I care about. That didn't carry over last year, did it? No, it didn't, but we need to bring it back. They need to bring it back. I'm looking at their roster right now, and roster, final rosters aren't, aren't set yet. I haven't seen... So Nick Tiano, who played for UT Chattanooga, is on the roster. Manny Wilkins, if you remember, he played at Arizona State. Uh, that's it. So uh, I don't know if they're, I don't know if they're planning on bringing another QB in. I, I don't know, but hopefully they find somebody that either starred in college and just, just you know, did, never got his opportunity yep. in the NFL, and he comes back in, kind of like McCarron wanted to do. Uh, 
We'll see. Yeah, what would you rather prefer? Would you prefer a guy that has NFL experience to the level of A.J. McCarron, or would you rather have a new guy that is building and is younger and can potentially level up within the, the game of football? I thought we saw the, the best of both worlds. You had Jordan Te'amu the first year, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Te'amu was somebody that wanted still had aspirations to play in the NFL. Wound up get, getting on the Chiefs practice squad mm-hmm. after his his half stint because COVID ruined it, unfortunately. His half stint with the Battle Hawks, but he was exciting to watch. Now he came back last year. I think he played for Washington or DC, one of those one of those teams. He played very well yeah. last year. Yeah, he was with the DC defenders. So DC, and then last year we saw AJ McCarron, who had NFL experience, not as mobile. But somebody that again it could change plays in, in a in a blink. I think I'd rather have the guy that had that has a little experience. I'd rather have a guy that's younger, and and working because get the opportunity to work himself to a, because the the ultimate goal we can we can pretend like the ultimate goal is to play in the NFL for a lot of these players. Yeah. So if they are able to work their way through and get an opportunity to play on Sundays or Thursdays or Mondays or in Brazil, wherever they're playing, mm-hmm. that's the ultimate goal. <laughs> <laughs> we'll show them what football is like. <laughs> Any day of the week. <laughs> Except for Friday, because that's safe for high school. Right. Yeah, we'll attack. <laughs> we'll impede Every on college day. football's day. We'll impede on college football's other days. We'll impede on NBA days. We'll impede matter. in baseball postseason day. We don't care. But we're not touching we're Friday not touching football. Friday night. We're not touching the high school. Mm. <laughs> Eagles play in the first ever Brazil game in week one of 2024, marking the first NFL Friday game <laughs> since 1970. Oh. That'd be hilarious. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, let's do one more here. From the 314, are you sold the cards should have traded Dylan Carlson and kept Tyler O'Neill? No. Oh, no. Nope. Not nope. Look, well, you gotta, too many injuries, man. I, I, well, hey, I'm talking about some, Tyler O'Neill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew. Did you see Dylan Carlson play you, in that COVID <laughs> season? He was your cleanup hitter. There he is. How many doubles did that man hit? I have many. He's got his throws. Rose-colored glasses on. He was a good player. He was. Mm-hmm. There's no no chance they should have traded him. Okay. Cold, I don't think they hands. will. Cold dead hands. Cold Clark Schmidt dead never dead heard hands. of you. Right. Keeping, yeah. You know what I'm talking about, Anthony. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Clark Schmidt. <laughs> 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 Unbelievable. I, I. Yeah. I don't think so. Tyler O'Neill probably Schmitt. was on his way out when he didn't run around third base as fast as possible. Yeah, that's probably the uh, beginning of the end, as they say. They they gave him more than enough opportunities. And they they he he said like, he wanted to play not, center field. Yeah, which imposed no on Dylan Carlson. They gave him that opportunity. Yeah. I, now Dylan Carlson got to play. He got to stay healthy. He got to stay healthy. <laughs> we haven't. I don't know if we ever talked about this, but can, can we be honest? I don't think that he should have been sent home to begin with. Who? Tyler oh, O'Neal. T- yeah. That was a bad send. But still, I mean, yeah, Ronald Acuna Jr.'s got a fire hose out in right hey, field. You pick up you pick up your third base coach and you I'm and just you laying it out there. And you hustle, I'm Marsh. just saying, if I was a third base coach, well, my he, hands would have went up. Yeah, because he wasn't running hard to begin with. That's fair. <laughs> it isn't like it isn't just like saying. he was he was hauling around third base and they're like, go, and then he slowed down. And he was he was in a in a good pace. For sure. For maybe a marathon. Yeah. 
I'd take him in the okay, Olympics. Okay, a 5K. You're a, little, you're a little bit faster. He was moving as quickly as some of those speed walkers Damn do on man. the sidewalk. Yeah. He went right in by and he said, on Although, your left. they've got more energy, I think, at times. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen those mall walkers? They get, to, they get after it. Yeah, they do. They get, get their steps. You in. ever Carrie, been mall walking? I, no, not intentionally. I, I told you I was walking the mall when I was waiting on the uh, Buccaneers to sign me. Or let me know if I was going to be. You were walking the mall? I had nothing else to do. <laughs> Honestly, I don't mind I walked walking. the mall for like three hours. Yeah. we. I mean, we grew up in that <laughs> day of age where it's like, let's go to the mall. Yeah. I did that too. The mall too. is where it was at. <laughs> I, I didn't buy a thing. I just no, walked around. just walked around. See if you found somebody. Yeah. Yep. Oh, there yeah. you go. Maybe get a yeah. number or two. <laughs> Never it's call them because I'm in middle school and I'm shy. <laughs> <laughs> it, took, it took everything you had just to ask for the number. Yeah. And then just no, like, nah, nah, I can't do call it. you. Can't do it. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to talk about. I didn't have Jamie in my life. No. To, to yeah. Jamie could have showed that you confidence the way. In me. Yep. All right, it's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Is it tougher than ever to build a program in college sports? It's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fastlane podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. If you want to play in the gauntlet, you can. Just text into the Air Comfort Service tax line 314-399-9646, the word gauntlet, and you'll have an opportunity to take on either Carrie, Marsh, or me in about, uh, well, less than 10 minutes now. I know, Carrie, this is something that struck struck a chord with you. So More Perfect Union tweeted out this breaking news, and this was yesterday, yesterday afternoon, the NL, the N. LRB just ruled that Dartmouth men's basketball players and are employees of the college and can go forward with a union election. If they choose to unionize, they'll be the first union of athletes in the NCAA. So this will be they will create their own union, which is which is interesting. Do you think that this could be forget the coaching aspect of it for a mm-hmm. second? Do you think that this could be something that's actually better? It, for college sports, because it, it better for college sports or for the college athlete, because those are two totally different things. The athletes, the athletes <laughs> doing well right now, you know. Well, I think for me, obviously the NIL, the the decision to allow NIL has been outstanding for college athletes, because it's something that you know when I was playing football, you can go to the local Foot Locker and see jerseys in there, and you were he might be your number, but right. it wasn't your That's money. That's me. Yes. It had no name on it, but you knew who the hell it was. Right. And so I think that's been awesome for, for that college athlete. I do think that something needs to take place. I don't know if it needs to take place, but something – college football has, has shifted in a way where it, it is solely – it's kind of a mercenary sport now. Right? One and done, guys are in and out, you know, college sports in general, basketball, football – it's one and done. So having a union and having those those players be able to, I guess, dictate their own future, what they will and won't do or what they are <clears throat> collectively going to agree to, I think anytime you have that is awesome. Yeah. Will it be something that goes to other organizations or other teams around the country? Or will those other programs allow a team to form a union? I don't know that it gets past where it is right now at Dartmouth. I don't. Yeah. I don't know that that's something. Right now, the the college football and college basketball they're trying to find ways to bring back what they have. They have let the the the, the horse out of the barn, and it, it's just 
frolicking. It's going everywhere it wants to go right now. And so I think college football, college sports in general, is trying to find a way to dial it back some. So unionizing would not be something that I don't think that they would want to do. Hmm. So that's that's kind of where I was going, where it's so – I mean, it, it is free it's market. Yeah. It's free market now. So if you're a player, you're a, uh, a, a prospect, you're a high school kid – you you could go on these visits and you're I mean you could take do what you the highest do. yeah you could take you could take the highest bid if you want this I think while you have to pay everybody you at least make them employees they also then I mean there there are certain expectations then that come I mean you and I are employee there are certain codes of conduct that we have to uh, yeah. you know agree to. These are athletes, so so when it comes to time, showing up on time and all that, that's all there, anyways. But right. it's the same deal. I mean, you're you're an employee now, so I I wonder if this would help curb some of the wildest spending. That was my thought. Well, if you are if you are a player that is on the end of receiving some of that wild spending, do you want to be a part of a union? No. <laughs> so, that's why I asked. That's why yeah. I asked. Could this be beneficial for for college sports? Where if like Probably, every, everybody, it would be would beneficial. Be under the union. It would be beneficial for the college sports, but do the athletes are they? It's it's similar to what we were talking what, talking about with Major League Baseball. It's a the floor and the ceiling, like the cap. Players say no, mm-hmm. and and owners are like no to the to the floor. It's just getting everybody in alignment and saying, hey, this is going to work out for the for the whole for the total. That's a that is a tough task yeah. to get everybody in line and say we're going to do this for the whole group. And this was the the men's basketball team. Yes. So you're talking 15 players, 15 mm-hmm. people. NFL has the worst in my opinion. It's the worst union because it's so many players. Not because it's not great ideas or guys not working hard, but collectively to get all those people on one accord sure. is the toughest task you will come across. Major League Baseball has a really good union. They got 26 players on the roster. That's really easy. Yeah. You got 15 players in the NBA. That's really easy. You got 60 people in the NFL. Right. Hell no. Yeah, Baseball is <laughs> one of the strongest, and you know you're talking you about go. a 26-man roster. So it's it's easier when it's less people. So that basketball team, yeah, it may, it may be easier for them. But if you were to get the Dartmouth football team and they got 85 uh, scholarship guys yeah. and 100 people total, it's a little bit different. It is one of the toughest times now if you're a coach. And I'm not crying foul for them. I'm really not. But this is one of the toughest times to be a coach in college, in college sports, specifically college football, where all this money is is being thrown about, you don't feel as though that maybe you have the same touch from a recruiting standpoint, because the the kid can you know jump on you in a heartbeat as soon as he gets a better offer. But I will say this: you also have an opportunity, like Deion Sanders, for example. Deion has laid it out there that you may not get the the, the highest bid from us, right? But this is what we're all about. These are the expectations, and this is what we're going to do for you. If you're steady, you will attract the right the the the, the right kids. I agree. So and, if, and kids that want to be there, right? Yeah. So yeah, this this might be the the more the, the most challenging time in college football to you know build a dynasty on. But you could also make it work for you. You you get kids that aren't that aren't necessarily chasing after the money. Yeah, it's nice, but but that that usually lasts for about a year or two. And then once they play above the level that you know they've played at or, or the money that they're receiving, mm-hmm. it's free agency. And the, the crazy thing about the college sports right now is 
it's free agency every year. You don't get to sign a person to a two-year deal and say, okay, we're we're with you're with us for the next two years. No, I can have a really good year, and then free agency hits every year after that for, for college sports right now, and that's essentially what it is. Yeah. And it's tough. You talk to college coaches, it's so tough right now because not only are you recruiting kids for the, the new class, so say 2024 class, you got to recruit those kids to come in. But then you got to recruit the kids that are already on your roster. Yeah. Because those kids are being reached out to by other players or, in some instances, other coaches, even though it's not legal, to say, hey, come join our program. We can get you this. We can get you this. And, you know, they're, they're for the most part, they're young men and young women that are, if you offer a certain amount of money, whew, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Why not? So it, it's a difficult task. And this, it's just a, it's, it's a world that we are not. I don't think anybody was prepared for with NIL and how right. it would how it would explode and how in the manner in which it did. It's it's a really tough task for these coaches. And somebody for, will for figure it out though. Players. Somebody will figure it out. Somebody. I don't somebody know, always I don't know does. How. Somebody I don't know. always does, Gary. Somebody will figure out what what's the to, solution. I don't know if there is a solution. I'm just talking about playing within what we're seeing now and making it work and making it work for their program. And winning and building a, a, the next college football dynasty. I actually think it's going to be more difficult to have a, a college football dynasty because uh, yeah, of I the, agree. because of the playoff the playoff field expanding more so than the NIL deals. That's just my that's just my. It's harder now. You got to win more games. I'm just going on that standpoint. It's it's football. You yeah. know more than anybody. Your quarterback gonna- has a bad day. He <laughs> bounced, bounced the first round. And the, the expansion of the playoffs is going to make it, I think that'll make it, you know, more fair, uh, even for, right. for more teams across the country. You're going to get more parity. Yeah. Time for the gauntlet. Next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Four warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? The gauntlet is powered by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. Time for the gauntlet in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN 403. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Kerry Davis and Andrew Marsh and Anthony Stalter. And we welcome in Glenn, who's our latest contestant. What's up, Glenn? Not much, guys. How are you doing? Doing good today. Is this, is this your first time? It is. Well, congratulations on getting through. Would you like to take on CD, Marsh, or me? Um, Since his beard... It's a little bit more better than mine. I'm going to go against uh, CD. There you go. CD's, right. CD is often our leadoff hitter. All right. So Glenn shows CD. Go ahead, uh, Glenn. Tell Marsh to spin the wheel. Uh, Mr. Marsh, please spin that wheel. What are you hoping for, Glenn? Uh, anything, really, because whenever I play on in the car, it's like, you know, whatever I throw at the wall and stick. So. All right. I like that. Well, that's perfect because today it is random. Wheel, the right. wheel understood you, Glenn. By the way, congratulations <laughs> to Terrence from Smithton, Illinois, who won the tickets for the MVC tournament. He had the correct answer of Bradley. Bradley was the runner-up last year against Drake in the Arch Madness tournament. And we'll hand out tickets each and every day uh, throughout the rest of the week here in the Fast Lane. All right, random trivia today, Glenn. Each question worth two points unless you need the options and therefore, those questions are worth one point. Sound good? Sound good. All right, here we go. Question number one. 
COVID concerns threw a major wrench into the 2020 U.S. box office, but what was the highest-grossing movie that year? What was the highest-grossing movie of 2020? Uh, options, please. Bad Boys for Life, The Crudes, A New Age, or Minions? So Bad Boys for Life, Crudes, or Minions? Uh, I'm going to say Minions. Final answer. Question number two. Name Sonic the Hedgehog's trusty sidekick and best friend. Uh, That would be Tails. Final answer. All right. Question number three. What is Kansas City's oldest major barbecue restaurant owned and operated by the same family? Oh, oh, I should know this one because I'm a food guy. Um, options, please. Arthur Bryant's, Bobby Bishop's, Rosedale Barbecue. Um, I do believe it's Arthur Bryant. Final answer. Question number four. In April of nine, or geez, in April of sixteen fourteen, Pocahontas married whom? Uh, that would be John Smith. Final answer? Final answer. All right, well welcome back, Carrie from the Cone of Silence. Glenn, how you feeling? No, not too so so. Okay, all right. Not not great, but not not good. Marsh, how's your trivia for uh, sixteen fourteen? Uh, not great. Your sixteen fourteen. Carrie looks dialed in right now. He has his head down. Reminds me. It of, is difficult uh, to see when you're in the cone of silence. It's true. He's coming in. So Here no nineteen sixteen trivia. No, nah, I'm not that good at nineteen six or not nineteen sixteen. No, 16. yeah, sixteen fourteen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Carrie. Hello. Is back. I'm back. Cone of Silence, a little lonely. Yeah, I don't know. Mike Ryder must have left. He's gone for mm. the day. He's starting to leave uh, yeah. to not be with us in the Cone of Silence, I feel. Kind of mm. rude, kind of disheartening, kind of frustrating. Yeah. Somebody should talk to him. Just sitting in there by myself. Yeah. Googling. Sorry about that, Kerry. Googling? Just Googling. What are you Googling? I don't know. Just, Better not be Googling answers. No, I, I, I don't even know what. That. Hey, I know what he's Googling, Anthony. <laughs> I don't even know what the topic is. What's he Googling, Anthony? He's Googling uh, Pakoda's. Actually, no, he's Googling the bagel loan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was, that happened like uh, two yeah, weeks ago. That's what I was Googling. I completely missed it. <laughs> this time I wanted to miss it. There. No, I didn't. Yeah, of course, he's Googling the bagel loan, no doubt. Yeah. Our guy's Stewie. Yeah, I hear, hear you guys talk about it all He's time. incredible. Yeah, if you're borrowing over $200,000. I need to give him a call. No lender fees, <sighs> no closing costs. Come on. Oh, Stewie. Love it. All right. Bagel loan it is. Carrie. Yeah. Random is your category. <laughs> okay. Marsh, tell him. Pack a lunch. Uh, Question right number one. COVID concerns threw a major wrench into the 2020 U.S. box office. But what was the highest grossing movie that year? 2020? Yep. Man. Oh, very good question. Give me the options, please. Sir. Sure. Bad Boys for Life, The Crudes, A New Age, or Minions? So Bad Boys, The Ooh. Crudes, or Minions? Did I watch Bad Boys for Life at the movies during COVID? 
I'm gonna go minions final answer. I don't think bad boys for life was there. Question number two. Name Sonic the Hedgehog's trusty sidekick and best friend. Ah, oh, well. Haven't played that in forever. Oh man. Give me the options. I hate it. Options are Tails, Crasher, or Bandit. Ugh, all of those sound right. <laughs> That's the worst, isn't it? Tails, Bandit, or Crasher? Is that right? Tails, Crasher, Bandit. Tails, Crasher, Bandit. Hmm. Let's go... Tails, final answer. All right, real confident on that one, Gary. Here we go. Question three. What is Kansas City's oldest major barbecue restaurant owned and operated by the same family? Let's go Gates, final answer. Question number four. In April of 1614, Pocahontas. <laughs> Pocahontas married whom? Oh. Pocahontas. Um. Oh, is it Lewis or Clark? Hell, I don't know. <laughs> is that Sacagawea? Yep. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Give me the options, please. Options are John Smith, uh, John yeah. Rolfe, or Sir Thomas Dale. It's John Smith. Final answer. All right. That was a complete guess as well. Random does that to you. Let's go over these. Glenn versus Carrie. Mm. Random trivia. Glenn feels like a person that knows random trivia. I will say that. Well, let's find out. All right. COVID concerns threw a major wrench into the 2020 U.S. box office, but what was the highest grossing movie that year? Glenn, you took the options. You went Minions. Carrie, you took the options. You went Minions. Correct answer is... It is Bad Boys for Life, gentlemen. Bad Boys for Life. Grossing $206.31 million. I was at the movies watching that. Not during COVID. So you participated in that 206 mil. I guess. And you said Minions. Was it early 2020? Maybe. Had to be. Obviously. Yeah. Zero, zero. Oh, shoot. In April 1614, Pocahontas married whom? Carrie, after you heard the options, you go, ah, it's John Smith. <laughs> Glenn, though, right away said John Smith. I told you, he knows his trivia. His random trivia at that. Well, let's find out. Correct answer is? Yeah, it's John Rolfe. John yeah. Rolfe. <laughs> Rolfe. Oh. John Rolfe married Pocahontas. Oh. John Smith, I think, was the guy from the, the Disney movie. Uh, he was. Yeah. He was. So it not wasn't the Lewis same. or Clark, huh? Lewis and Clark. Lewis not, and Clark. Not in the nope. conversation. Mm. Nope. Gosh darn it. So we're still 0-0 uh, zero, zero here. Name Sonic the Hedgehog's <laughs> trusty sidekick and best friend. Scary, after hearing the options, you said Tails. Well, you said they all sound right, and then you went tail- Tails. Glenn, you also went with Tails. Correct answer is... It is Tails. But... Glenn did not need the options. So Glenn has a 2-1 lead over Carrie. It comes down to this. What is Kansas City's oldest major barbecue restaurant owned and operated by the same family? Carrie, 
pretty, I mean, rather quickly, you said Gates. Glenn, you said Arthur Bryant's. If it's Arthur Bryant's or any other barbecue sauce known to man, Glenn wins. Actually, I should say any other barbecue sauce known to man not named Gates. Since Carrie did not use the options, if Gates is the correct answer, Carrie wins. So we're going to have a winner regardless. There will be no walk-off. Glenn. You have chosen wisely. But you did not get the answer correct. Ah. Correct answer is? It is Rosedale Barbecue. Rosedale Barbecue. So, Glenn, you won on knowing tails off the top mm. of your head. Mm. You beat Carrie today 2-1. to one. Congratulations. Oh, You'll be job, back man. tomorrow. What a banger. That was great. <laughs> nice job. We'll call you tomorrow, man. All right. Thank you, guys. Uh, have a great one. You got you it. Too. You too. I, I, I would have gotten all these wrong. <laughs> Actually, I might have gotten tails with the options, but I would have said John Smith, too. The kids aren't watching Sonic the Hedgehog? Nah. The new movies? They are, but mm-hmm. I, I still would one. need somebody Where's to... Where's Crasher and Bandit from? I know those are... Uh, there's mm. Crash and Bandicoot, or I think oh, that's the Crash, name of... Crash Bandicoot. Crash that's Bandicoot. Barracuda. Yeah, no. It's different. What? I don't know. <laughs> Crash Bandicoot, yeah, that's yeah. the it's yeah. a video Maybe game. That's why but it. Tails is the... the I think he's a fox. He's mm. yellow, yeah. the yellow fox. Yep. Is, yep. Yeah, his tail spins and he yep. can fly. Yep. Yeah, hence, yep. The, yep. hence the name, Tails. Yeah. He's a pro, it's appropriate. You have like Shadow. I think you have uh, Knuckles. <sighs> oh, yeah. Dr. Robotnik. Oh, of course. I, I actually watched Mr. that Mr. Robotnik, whatever no, his name I is. Think about it. I saw the movie. Yeah, Jim Carrey's in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just not bad. Yeah. Jim Carrey does a great job bad with the villain. Bad boys for life bothers me. I definitely sorry. Now, what, that was the third one? That's... Third one, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were like there. That was the that was the third. Because yeah. it felt like it should have been the fourth one for life, right? Somebody in marketing but, needs to. No, this for life. They no. they knew that was going to be they it. Talking about, no, they said they're going to make another one. Oh, can anybody find Will Smith? Well, I don't know. Chris Rock can. <laughs> I don't think he wants to. <laughs> Not either. All right, especially <laughs> not one on one ESPN. Hey, leave us a mic drop. What's going to give you confidence? We talked about this earlier. What's going to give you confidence? in the Cardinals as the season begins. So we're watching games already. You can even say the first month of the season. Like, what's going to be the thing that gives you confidence? Leave us a mic drop. We'll play it throughout the course of the rest of the show here. We'll give you a chance to kind of get those in. Let's talk a little football here. Is being great in big moments due to elevating your game or remaining consistent when the lights become too bright for others? Kind of an interesting question. We'll get into that next on 101 ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Number 15 reminds me a lot of number 23. Yeah. And then in the, in the, to go smaller picture, like to the game, the guy he reminds me of is a guy I covered, uh, Derek Jeter, who I always felt like was not a player who raised his game in the big moments, but a player who kept himself exactly the same in the big moments. That's right. Moments that made other people play worse or panic. Yeah. And I think Mahomes' ability to, that what you hear in that news conference, his ability to, to, to keep his focus on what's in front of him and not worry about all that other stuff, I think that is a key part of the reason he's so successful. Look, as he continues to have success, mm-hmm. as he continues to win, we're going to hear the outside noise saying, oh, he gets too much, he's overhyped. He's not. Dan Graziano on Get Up, and he was talking about Patrick Mahomes. 
Patrick Mahomes being compared to Jeter. And this is an interesting question. I like this. Is being great in big moments due to elevating your game or remaining consistent when the lights may be too bright for others? I have a thought, but Kerry, you actually played in the highest of moments here. You played you played in a Super Bowl. You won a Super Bowl. You saw Big Ben. You saw Kurt Warner. And I don't want to just you know leave it up to the, the quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. It, we could go other sports. But what do you think? Do you think it's big moments? Do you ele- elevate your game? Or is it just being consistent when the lights get too bright for other, I other think, athletes? I think it's consistency. I think there are... You know, the brighter the moment, some people shrink in those moments. And the, the the great ones, for somehow, some way, some reason, they don't they're not bothered by it or they're not moved by that moment. It's not too big for them. And you can you can watch a game and tell when a person is oh uh oh, it's getting to them a little bit. They start maybe holding on to the ball a little bit tighter. You see a guy shooting a free throw, maybe he pulls it a little bit more than, than normally. It's just Something is is off in that pressure. They know the moment that they're in, and it 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 bites them in the butt. But when you are an elite, high level, special talent like Patrick Mahomes is, like Derek Jeter, like Michael Jordan, those moments don't phase you. Yeah. I, I don't think that they don't. I don't know if they don't get worried or concerned, but they just know I'm going to outlast the person on the other side. Yeah, and if I just stay more consistent then it's probably going to work out in my favor. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on this. That was my original thought. I think that when it comes to athletes that are great and great in big moments, mm-hmm. everything slows down. They, they did the sports science, I think, on Big Poppy, where his it's like his heart rate, his heart rate yeah. slowed down in the biggest moments of games. I think that's what happens for guys. You never see Tom Brady, when Tom Brady played, you never see him be panicked. He yeah. was going to take take what the defense gave him in the first quarter, take what the defense gave him in the fourth quarter, but in the fourth quarter, with the game on the line, those wind up being bigger moments and bigger plays, right. yet he was making those plays in the first quarter, too. Yeah. I think it's that even level of play. It's fun to talk about the highlights. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's fun, it's, it's fun to talk about the big highlight throws, and uh, we've seen that out of Josh Allen, like when Josh Allen scrambled on a, on a longer third down play and wound up hitting... Shakir, right, uh, right yeah, inside. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was yep. a, that's a big, yeah. like he elevated his play there, right? But didn't win the game. Ultimately, yeah. it wasn't on Josh Allen. It's a team sport. But you, you see what I'm saying here? It's fun to talk about the highlights. But those guys that are just completely even keel. You got a good example incredible. of that last week. Well, two weeks ago now in the AFC Championship game with Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. I told you that I don't. Again, I don't think the Ravens were scared of the moment. But a little bit in awe. It's your first time in that moment, an opportunity, one game away from making it to the Super Bowl. You realize what that means. Like you start thinking about what that means as opposed to being in the moment and focusing, dialing in solely on what's taking place in front of you. If you start thinking about outside factors and, oh, if I make this catch, oh, if I don't get this first down, oh, if I don't block this this pass rusher, we got then you're out of it. Yeah. And I think when you look at the Kansas City Chiefs and, and Patrick Mahomes specifically, specifically, he's a person that does not get moved by the moment. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it feels like, it almost feels like it's been that way from the moment he got there. Like, it, it, it never felt too big for him, for him. And it comes from having the confidence in, A, knowing what you're doing. Like, if you know what you're doing right. and, and trust 
that the coaches, your teammates, everybody's going to be in the right place or put you in the right place. You have more confidence. So it's trust, knowing what you're doing, and then having a, an ability that, yeah, he gave you a little bit more than he gave that guy. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. that's only one, that's really the only way to put it. Some people got a little bit more, some people got a little bit less. Sure. Some people got to work a little bit harder. But when that guy that got more works as hard, yeah, then you're, you're probably out of out of luck. Right. It's that, it's that old quote, right? Uh, talent beats no wait hard work beats talent yeah. when talent, talent doesn't, doesn't yeah. yeah it's the opposite the, <laughs> like you just described if you got that. talent and you're willing to work hard don bb used to train me and he's had the funniest quote that i ever heard he's like hey man you can't put in what god left out and <laughs> god left nothing out in terms of patrick mahomes as being the quarterback yeah. he is just a special talent and and works hard the work ethic the knowledge and then he got paired up with a with a, a savant Mm-hmm. A football genius in in Andy Reid, which probably took his game, you know, to a completely different level than maybe if it was someone else. Yeah, did you go to Don Beebe's speed camp? I did. Yeah, Don Beebe had me rolling, like was, laughing or no, 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 oh, rolling. Oh, okay, I nice. Was, I was running. He was our. He was he was uh, one of the assistant coaches in my senior high school Don on Beebe's the football team. Awesome. He's a good guy. Very very. Uh, to the point, matter of fact. Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> You're slow. Okay, thank you, Coach BB. Yeah, he doesn't play around. Yeah, come to my camp. But it won't matter. Don't touch the ball on the on the punt return. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Don't touch the ball on the punt return. <laughs> this is my moment. Marsh is describing uh, me <laughs> in high was school. He that, was he coaching at that time? Was I would it, love uh, to know what his response was when you fielded that punt that they told was you not to field. Was that year that I did that? <laughs> or was that junior year? Don't field the punt! Yeah, All so, right! <laughs> this is my time! I told this story. I think I told this on air, but I think I told this the other the other day. We were at we were playing at Northern Illinois Stadium, Husky Stadium, whatever the hell they're called, in DeKalb, Illinois, because we were playing DeKalb High School, and that's where they played their home games. And we were beating them badly. I, I played safety. Mm-hmm. So they had me one of the, there was, it was late in the game. Like I said, we're beating them bad. They had no, we didn't know if they were going to punt or not. Right. So we didn't want to have an entire punt team on. So they just told me to back up like, Hey, you're safety back up. Yeah. So as I'm backing up, my head coach is screaming at me. Don't field it. Just fair catch or get away from it. We'll put the offense on the field and we'll, you know, run out the clock here. Said okay, no problem. <laughs> sure enough, they punted it, and this ball comes bounding toward me. I mean, it is perfect. It is like a a shortstop's dream. <laughs> that type that type of ground ball that just oh, end over end over mm-hmm. end, and then something in my head goes blanket. This is my time. <laughs> so I scoop that thing up. We're not in punt coverage. We're not in punt return. Nobody's blocking. This is our regular defense. That's nobody. Nobody cares. Nobody's blocking at this point. I look up and there are four or five DeKalb players. I mean, right in my face. And one dude put the crown of his helmet perfectly on the football. Boom. Ball comes out. I get crushed. And as I'm laying there, all I can hear is Stalter on the fumble. <laughs> Number 34, Stalter fumbled. <laughs> Thanks. 
in case you didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> so I put my head down and just went back to the huddle. I didn't go to the sidelines because oh, we were back on defense again. Yeah, it must have been all those cameras that were flashing. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. There's cameras going yeah, on. Yeah, big high school it. game. Absolutely, Marsh. <laughs> yep. I don't know if BB was there at that point. Oh. All right. It's a fast lane. I want to want to I'm sure he would have. Are you kidding me? That guy? Yeah, I, like I said, I didn't go to the sidelines. I didn't even look over there. Um, and then when I went to eventually went to the sidelines, I just avoided the head coach. Like, forget this. Ah, we won. It was fine. Mike drops on the Cardinals. What is going to give you confidence in your Cardinals if you see it in April? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Hey guys, here's the thing about uh, Coda. The word sounds like the last name of Abe Vigoda. Abe Vigoda played Sal Tessio in The Godfather, and he was whacked. And that's what should happen to Vigoda. It's either way over or way under on the Cardinals every single year. Abe Vigoda, Sal Tessio, whack it. All right, that's interesting. Yeah, I, li- right. I like the reference. It's interesting. He brought, brought a little flavor to it. That was Chris. Appreciate the mic drop. In all actuality, I mean, Pakoda, he says, you know, he's all, he's either way over or way under. They were last year, they were minus 15, Pakoda was, from their projection, which was 86 wins. Oh, boy. Kerry's got the glasses on. 71 was the actual wins. It was minus 15. The year before was a plus 12. Plus 9, plus 5, plus 4, plus 7, plus 4, plus 11. So, yeah. Well, Anthony, you know, last year doesn't really count. We were you know, the World Baseball oh, no, Classic. You so many injuries. Guys were, were not healthy from the start. And no one knew that. Dakota, Dakota, whoever, they didn't know. So now this year is probably more of an actual representation of what this St. Louis Cardinals team is going to be. 85 and a half wins. Again, we don't know how you get the half. Let's just go 86 because we expect 86 plus. Yeah. 90 wins, Central Division winning champion. They're going to win the division. And then you go on into the playoffs. And <laughs> talk about the the the, the uh, L.A. Dodgers, huh? right? What do they do in the playoffs, huh? They fold. You, you want Typically. to take on the, the, this, this Kershaw guy. You want to see him in the playoffs, don't you? I do. If I'm the Cardinals, I want to see him. I like, I like my chances if I got to go against that guy. NLCS, NLDS, sign me up. Because what are they going to do? Going to do what they normally do. What about the Braves? What did they do last year? Nothing. So, therefore, no. you got a chance. If you win, you're in. What are we complaining about? Dakota, Pakota, we're going to win the championship. Not just the Central. The whole thing. I just had a vision. Oh. All right. NLCS. It's October. Welcome back, Harry. Oh, thanks. It's the sixth <laughs> inning. Lost you there. The Dodgers are beating That's the Cardinals. The score is 4-2. to two. Mm. Now pinch hitting for the Cardinals, number uh, 13. Where this going. Matt Carpenter. Yeah. <laughs> as he doubles down the right oh, field line. Two-run sure. score. Right, yeah. Carpenter's at second, and then the next guy drives him in, and the Cardinals end up winning. Right. Five to four. Yeah. And they take... Game number four, as they're down 3-1 in the series. <laughs> wow, that, that took a turn. That was a little rough there, Marsh. Uh, they won, though. <laughs> they did, yeah. Well, look, I can't wait to see what happens in game five now. No, no, no. Don't worry about that. Hey, anything's possible. Anything's yeah, possible. Yeah. Certainly. Um, Carrie, just going back to uh, the whole, you know, 
World Baseball Classic thing, which is a great point. Yeah, I feel they like didn't have time to work together. I feel like other teams that's why, that's why also Wilson didn't know their pitches, but, Anthony. Ah, you think you would know the pitches that these guys have? He didn't know the pitchers. How would he know the pitches? Shouldn't look that hard. I don't know. I don't uh, think it was. You know, Carrie. I and I've heard this. I've heard this excuse from from others. Didn't other uh, teams send players to the World I'll, Baseball Classic? I'll be honest. I hate the excuse. I, okay. I don't, yeah. I, I, you don't wear your glasses anymore. Glasses I, get it. I yep. hate the World Baseball Classic excuse because everyone else doesn't make had to deal with it. it uh, you're not alone in that. And so the team just wasn't good last year. Let's, no. let's put that out there. Offensively, not good enough. Defensively, definitely not good enough. Pitching, starting bullpen, not good enough. It was bad from top to bottom. Yes, and it so. Was. You lost seventy-one game. You lost ninety-one games because of it. You won seventy-one. That's what you got out of last season. Mm-hmm. I don't care about what the the expectations were. I, I I don't. I'm not an expected goal type of guy. Mm-hmm. I don't care about expected wins. I don't care what Pakoda says until I actually see this team perform day in and day out with the ability to have the success that they're supposed to have. If you're if you're going to be a good team, you take care of your business more often than not. And last season, this team didn't do it well enough. They weren't good enough in any facet, on any level. I don't know if you were – who was the team MVP? I don't, I don't know who they named the team MVP, but out of your, in your opinion, who could you say consistently was the player that you trusted the most last season? First half, Jordan Montgomery. Second half, Richie Palacios. Wow. Oh, where are those guys at now? Uh, one's available. He's not coming here. If I'm going to pick one consistent player all season long, honestly, it was probably Contreras. Right? Yeah, maybe. Maybe Probably. From from start to finish? Maybe Tommy. Maybe Tommy. I would say Tommy Edmond as well. Tommy Edmond was really good. But Contreras, I mean, Contreras offensively was outstanding for you. I think he did a fantastic job. Which, if your team imploded in the way that it did, that speaks volumes Mm -hmm. from top to bottom it it has to be better and it starts at the top it starts with leadership it starts with people not making excuses not making not pointing fingers and blaming other people i have to be better if you are a manager if you're the 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 president of baseball operations hell if you're the owner it starts with you all Mm -hmm. and it trickles down and it becomes what the, the fabric of the team is based on what the ownership and what everybody in those leadership positions do and say if they're not saying or doing the right things, then your team is going to be terrible. It's a new dawn. It's a new day, <laughs> as Michael Shrooms Buble would say. I gotta get those. I gotta get those glasses and <laughs> smash them for sure. All right, well, let's. We didn't hear from Lisa, Richard, or Robert, so let's get to them next as we continue this. But you can leave us a mic drop too on this this topic. What will give you confidence? Maybe it's just the Pakoda standings. But what's going to give you confidence if you see it early in the season with the Cardinals? The season's going to be, I don't know, maybe halfway decent, maybe even great. We'll get to your uh, mic drops that are in right now and get to some others here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
Let's continue with the mic drops related to the Cardinals question that we threw out. What's going to give you a little bit of confidence in your Redbirds if you see it early in the season? And just to reset things a little bit, I had mentioned how I know they don't have Atlanta's roster. I, I know they don't have the Dodgers roster. I know they don't have the Phillies roster. I know that this is a, a, an above-average roster that's capable of winning the NL Central if the pitching is significantly better. But one thing that would give me confidence and almost get me excited would be if I see them do one thing at like an elite level. Because I do think you have to have, and it's got to be pitching. It, it would be nice if it was pitching. But if they could do just one thing at an elite level, knowing they have an above-average roster, that would get me excited. Because at least that one thing could be on display throughout the year that could give a, opponents issues night in and night out. So that's where I'm at on it. When I look at the roster, I don't think they're far off in terms of what they're capable of. Oh, I thought you were going to say uh, Atlanta's roster, the Dodgers roster is going to. Well, I don't want to make that comparison. Nor should you, but at, like at all. Hold on. Oh, give me a second, because when you are looking at. Well, I won't do it. I just said I won't do it. Look Matt at Olson Atlanta. and Paul Goldsmith. Matt Olson. By a hair. By maybe. by a knot of hair, <laughs> maybe a little bit more. We don't have to go. How long is that hair? Austin Riley or or, or Nolan Arenado? Coming off of last year, I'll take Austin Riley. All right. Okay, we don't have to do anymore. <laughs> I'll do the outfield. Why you go ahead and do the outfield? Those there, are my two. Oh, okay. Sean Murphy or Wilson Contreras. Sean Murphy. Really? Yeah. Wilson, oh. Wilson Contreras better better hitter. Murphy better all around player. I can't do second base because I don't know who the hell is our second baseman. It doesn't matter. Ozzie Albies versus whoever you want. Tommy Edmond? He's your center fielder. That's He's correct. He's my second baseman in my in my story. You're not going to take him over <laughs> Ozzie Albies? Care <laughs> <laughs> if you think I'm being mean. I told you not to do this. <laughs> I just. We Come won't on, do, man. We won't do Ronald Acuna and Jordan Walker. There you all. go. All right. all right. All right. Maybe you got a point. Well, but my point is. <laughs> They ain't that far off. The Braves are the standard in the National League. We can we can admit to that, right? Them or the Dodgers, I mean. I mean, either one. Tomato, tomato. Yeah, I don't want to do do it with the the Dodgers Dodgers? either. (laughs) Kerry, I think if you look at the Pakota standings, they're about 15 games off, actually. Yeah, Yeah, about. 15, 16. Third by a country mile. With that being said, the difference for me is the pitching of those other organizations. Like, the, the, the disparity is much greater yeah. for the starting rotations. And so if the Cardinals do get the pitching that they need, because that was that 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 was a rough go last year, the pitching. In what ways? It wasn't good <laughs> in every way. Pick a way. You decide. You tell me. You'd be better off telling me what way it was good. <laughs> fair. It's <laughs> absolutely fair. It wasn't great at all. And so if the pitching is better and the, the hitting comes along, you got some younger guys that, that I think have a lot of potential – Lars Newbar, I still want more. I, I want to see more. I want to see more from Jordan Walker. I want to see more. I don't is it Tommy Edmund at center field, I guess. You know. But let's 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 hope that they are better than they were last year as a as a whole. All right, let's get to Lisa who left this mic drop. Hey Anthony, what will give us confidence, or some of us anyway? Bases loaded, no outs. They don't pee down their leg and they <clears throat> score runs. What will give me confidence is smart plays, smart base running. Yeah, good pitching, 
But the other nuances have to be there. It, you have to play smart defense, throw to the right bag, run the bases correctly. If there's somebody standing at third, the ability to situational hit and drive the run home. Mm. So that's what will give me confidence, <laughs> and there you go. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Oh, great stuff. Fair. Hey, yeah. Hey, honestly, it plays into, Carrie, what you've been saying about the fundamentals. If if they're not beating themselves, yeah, it, that I think I think Cardinals fans right now are so starved for that like hard nine, a team that is just so ferociously competitive and that's not going to uh, pee down their legs. As, that, 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 don't do that, as Lisa as Lisa so eloquently put yeah. it. But not yeah, not shrinking moments. You've got the base load. You got runners on. You know you got a runner in scoring position. Late in a game, less than two outs, you need a big hit. How many times are you delivering that? You know, early in the season, you got to set the tone. And by the way, Lisa, Lisa texted it at one point when I was t- telling, my, I was telling that <laughs> high school DeKalb, football, Illinois. yeah, and I said Northern Illinois Stadium. Yeah, she she was giving me a little, she was giving me a hard time yeah, about not. saying, I, I say Illinois, correct, but I was saying Northern Illinois Stadium. Stadium, yeah. Yeah. Well, you're not you're not Ron, you're not Ron Zook. No. Who had no idea that when he was named the head coach, he was happy to be the head coach of the University of Illinois. Yeah, no, that's it's ridiculous. Right. That's you should have not... fired him right then. <laughs> you, <laughs> sir, you know what? We're not going to work a out. Mistake. You know, you shouldn't be here. All right, let's hear from Richard next. For me, it's simple. I want to see the starting rotation, at least 3 if not 4 of them, get into the 6th inning with maybe three runs or less, with no more than 80 to 85 pitches. I think if we can get that kind of consistency, we might be in store for a good season. Is that on the pitchers? or Well, the, the, <laughs> that part is. But getting to the sixth inning and being allowed to continue to pitch, that, that is that not— That is on the that, pitchers. It is, but there were times last year where it seemed to me that a guy had a little bit more to give mm. and was taken out of the game. Well, they better they better leave him in. That's the whole point. Why yeah, they brought the, him right, in, right? Right. Yeah, that's Marsh. Excellent point. You're right. If you're gonna if you're gonna say, hey, we're, we want innings eaters. Let's go out and get three innings eaters, and then you're taking him out in the fifth, and the sixth inning. Yeah. They don't want to bat the. They don't want him to face the the lineup the third time. I do think what you have here, though, in Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson, Miles Michaelis, Sonny Gray, you do have guys that understand pitching. Justin Verlander is the king of this. He knows. He doesn't have to throw as hard as humanly possible mm-hmm. in the first three innings just to start set some sort of tone. He is painting a masterpiece so that in the eighth he can rear back and he's still got 97. Yeah. That's pitching. Anthony, we're, we're not going to have pitchers pitching in the eighth inning. You stop that. We'll have bullpen guys. Not starters. Mm. We'll have a pitcher well, pitching. Sonny, Sonny Gray will get into the seventh and eighth. Miles Michaelis will too. Yeah. I wouldn't, every I wouldn't other count every other month. I knew you were going with that. I knew you were going with that. All right. Robert's got the last word on this. Hey, guys. In terms of what would give me confidence with the Cardinals, just don't let April be too much. I mean, last year I felt like it was, oh, we, we had to had to win and perform all right away, and everyone was like, all this pressure. is like everyone's walking around in eggshells. And, you know, with a lot of new guys, uh, a lot of drama, I don't want drama in april please i hope they all pull it together during spring training they take it seriously there's no world baseball classic to point the fingers at 
let's just have an over 500 April. Start off on the right foot, get the ball rolling in the right direction. I mean, you're going to go up against the Dodgers like super early. It's not all going to be sunshine and rainbows, but let's just take a, you know, a little bit of a prism effect coming out of uh, the ups and downs. That's it. Say a prison effect. So prism. That's prism. when you go. That's no, when no, you no. go and you pick up the biggest, baddest dude <laughs> and you know. jack him right in the face. <laughs> no. Prism. And then when you get into the cafeteria, uh, no. you guard your food and you eat it real quick. <laughs> so that's prison. I mean, guys, think about it. If the Cardinals did that, they set a tone. I yeah. think Robert's on to something here. I don't know. They need that's... that prison mentality. You're saying go in immediately, sock the biggest dude yep. right in the face? Mm. Is Do- the Dodgers are up first, right? Yeah, I guess. You gotta I mean... Newt's got to walk up and punch <laughs> Shohei right in the mouth. Wow. <sighs> no? I don't think I don't think you want to start the season off that way. I think they're best friends, too. <laughs> Even better. Won't see it coming. Won't see it coming. You know Won't what? Right. And, the pre- and the pregame meal, everybody just tunches over and they eat real quick. <laughs> you know, I like that. That's what Kobe Bryant did against Paul Gasol in he the did. Olympics. He, he did. How, ran did, right through him. And how did the late great Kobe do in the NBA? He did, he pretty, did well. pretty damn well. He yeah. Well. He's got the Mamba. He had the Mamba mentality. Prison right? mentality. Cardinals got the prison mentality. Oh my! All I thanks to Robert. I don't know that hmm. that's what they should do. Sorry. We can agree to disagree. It's Fastlane on 101 at ESPN. The Air Comfort Service sex line is 314-399-9646. We'll have our Sports 6 back next. We're right back to the Fastlane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the fast lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me. The sports six pack is now. Five hundred one. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Kerry Davis and Andrew Marsh. I'm Anthony Stalter. Time for the sports six pack. Question number one. From the 618, call the Dodgers and Braves the NL standard. I agree. How many playoff games have the standard won the last two years? This is why getting in the playoffs matters, even if we make fun of Mo for saying it. Can I just. How many championships have they won in the last five? Uh, Three? Two or three? Dodgers won in 2020. Braves Atlanta won in 21. Yes. And so, in 20. No. Yeah. They just got one. They just, they they just, just got the one. one. Yeah. Should have been two. more. But they got two. How many Cardinals have? Uh, goose egg. Okay. Just checking. I also, can I just throw it? Can I just. You have your hand up. Yeah. Didn't Atlanta <laughs> and the Dodgers also just get in? Well, they got in by a large margin. They did. Right. Like they get in consistently. Yeah. Okay. You got a better chance. All right. That. Uh, I'm not going to refute the idea of, hey, just get in. Anything can happen because you're going to throw the Arizona Diamondbacks in my face. You're going to throw some team from 2022 in my face. That's what they had. They had magic. Well, they had pitching. Pitching magic. <laughs> yeah. Also, the Cardinals had magic. They had no devil magic. magic. Well, they did. They did. I haven't seen that devil magic in a while. Have you? Yeah. No. Uh, Who's the last Devil Magic player? Brendan Ryan? Brendan Ryan. Brendan Ryan. Brendan Donovan? I was going to say, no as one so, As soon as I said Brendan Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't you consider Donovan? Donovan had to be a Devil, a devil Magic player. 
What do you what do you consider devil magic? Comes out of nowhere, winds up being really good, ticks off other teams, fan okay. bases. Like who the hell is this guy, and why does he keep beating my find him? Yeah, where to get this guy from? Mm-hmm. No, I think of Devil Magic like the cards going on a 17 game winning streak, or like a squirrel running across the, the field. Pete Cosma is or what Pete, yeah, Pete Cosma, <laughs> who is Pete Cosma, and hits a ball down the line, and they defeat the Nationals that they're losing. Yeah, by yeah I saw Devil who knows Magic how much player, like a Devil Magic player. I think like of more moment. Of play, Jeremy, moment. like Jeremy Hazelraker, you know. He had a little devil magic in him. <sighs> Bo Hart. You yeah. know? Luke and Baker? No. Like Taylor Motter? Like Bo Hart. Taylor Motter? Oh, come on now. Yeah. Junior Caracuto. I said these guys have to be good they, and beating the other. F- I'm, it's not about. Listen, Carrie. Oh, sorry. It's not just about playing. Okay, you're right. You know? Well, they didn't have one this last year then, Anthony. This isn't the Tyler O'Neill standard of just, they didn't, hey, they didn't, let's just see if they can play. They didn't. Know? They didn't have one last year then. Okay, mm-hmm. because they lost ninety-one games. Oh, well, actually, they—I think they did. Who? I mean, they weren't in the playoffs. Richie Palacios. Absolutely. Okay. All right. He's... And they traded the Devil Magic yep. player. Yep. That's gonna work. To the out great now, but used to be the Devil Rays. Oh. Yes. Shoot. Nice job, Marsh. Mm. I don't like that you did it, but nice <laughs> job. Question number two. This one comes from James. At what point did Eric Bieniemy fall from grace? Gary, you've been kind of asking this. I've just always said it's got to be something. It's got to be something. The way he's coming across, the way that he is interviewing. Um, if from everyone, he he has been the way that he is for as long as he's been that way. As long as he's been coaching, even when he was playing. From from what I've heard, he's very intense. Very intentional in how he speaks, and, and matter of fact, yeah. And everyone is not—he's not, he's not um, charismatic, delicate. He's—he's yeah. he's more, from what I've been told, more abrasive, <laughs> and that may rub people the wrong way. And when you're in Kansas City under Andy Reid, maybe some of those things aren't. He, Andy Reid can soften some of that. Mm-hmm. Ron Rivera clearly did not to start the season off. I he, don't think he, Ron knew what day it was. He, he may not time. have. He didn't even know he could make the playoffs the year before, did Dude, he? No. He's like, we can well, we can make the playoffs? Right. <laughs> Why are you what is going on here? But he he kind of let Eric Bienemy stand out there on an island on his own at the beginning of the season, then dialed it back. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's obviously a good coordinator, but everybody that's a good coordinator is not a good head coach. Right. There are some people that do not communicate well or effectively in a in a team setting. When you only have to handle one side of the ball, it, it it's a little bit easier. And then sometimes they get a head coaching job, and you see why they don't they don't do well. Mm-hmm. Steve Spagnuolo was a terrible head coach, in my opinion. Yeah, but he's a hell of a defensive coordinator. Boy, the the Chiefs have just Andy Reid has had his his guy, his DC now. Because right. nobody's gonna t- like you said, nobody's gonna touch Spags as a head coach. It's perfect. It. Yeah, just let those guys run their own organization, run it into the ground, and come on, I'll fix it. Yep, you do a hell of a job doing this. No kidding. Just can't lead a team. No. Yeah. Question number three. Interesting question here from the three one four. Do you guys think cities who have multiple sports teams like Pittsburgh should keep the colors the same throughout? I do. I like it. I, like I kind of like it, it too. Yeah, Pittsburgh is is the only city that does that, where all three of the major league sports 
Hmm. We're the same color. It sounds right. Fact check me on that if you want to. I don't want to. Yeah. I mean, uh, Arizona, the Suns wear a different color. Yeah, no. Yeah. Baltimore, they only got one team. Yeah. Oh, the Orioles. Yeah, they got the two teams. They don't wear the same color. Nope. Chicago? Nope. Nope. Mm, Nope. Detroit? Nope. Nope. LA, they got 15 teams. No. The only one I can remember no. is uh, when Seattle. Oakland was in L.A. Or not Oakland, but well, the Raiders. When they were in L.A. and then the, the Kings were black, black and, and silver. silver. Yeah. yeah. But then you got but the Rams. three. I mean, that's that's right. awesome. That's, that's tough. Yeah. Florida. Miami. Miami. Heat. Uh, Dolphins. The C- yeah, uh, nope. Seattle has sort of a similar kind yeah. of uh, baseball and, and color hockey. scheme. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, the Mariners and Kraken kind of yeah. do. Yeah. Well, and the the Seahawks. It's like that blue ah, and teal and like light blue. That's your different. closest. That's probably the that's closest. That's the closest. That's, that's the closest. One. Yeah. It's not Pittsburgh where it's. That, I mean, every single team yeah. is black, white, mm-hmm. and gold. I mean, that, that's great. How would that work here in St. Louis? You would just have to have like a, a blue and navy color scheme. Then I don't. I, I don't, don't mind those Cardinals dark navy blue helmets. I like those a lot. Oh, those are sweet. Those caps are awesome. Yeah. I, mean, I like the baby blue. I, I, I'm, I, I'm start. I've started to become contrarian on baby blue because. Really? Remember when every team would have the black alternate alternative, and everybody's mm-hmm. like, "Oh, it's just black for sake of black." When it comes to the jersey, right? I feel like now we've gone to like Everybody baby blue for the sake of baby blue. It's it's an awesome color. There's one team that does it incredibly well. Does it better than anybody? Is it the Phillies? Texas. No. I mean the uh no. the Oilers, not the Oilers. No, no. The Titans. No. It is in the baseball. Titans. The Titans. A, the love you blue. Oh yeah. What's the Chargers? Come on, guys. Uh, the baby blue Chargers. With the gold? No. no, not with the gold. That's a nasty look. But like <laughs> LT LT days? No. The baby blue super chargers? It doesn't do anything for me. The Titans, Oilers. Yeah. yeah. The Oilers, yes. The, well, the Titans. Titans wear it now. They they wear the same color scheme. It's the same thing. Okay, if they go back to that, I'm yeah, cool with it. Yeah, well, they wear it. That's what I'm talking about. But the their te- their like Tennessee Titan uniform is no, 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 the no. 19 the, shades of blue. No, I hate that. I don't, I'm not a fan of that. Yeah. I feel like every team in the 80s had powder blue jerseys. Yes, if that right. was their color scheme. Yeah. yeah. Cardinals. <laughs> Were you here when Marcy almost passed away on us the other day? <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. Okay, buddy? Yeah, I was choking <laughs> on water. Almost. I almost died. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Water. <laughs> yeah, he was. Choking on that high-quality H2O. I'm yeah. sorry to hear that, buddy. It was it bad. Was, it, was, it was pretty Jamie bad. Jamie and what, I were like, oh, what day was that? Was you weren't here. Wednesday or Thursday yeah. of last week. I forgot you weren't here. I had a 107-degree yeah. fever on And Sunday. I was the one on the verge of dying. <laughs> yeah. I was seeing oh. things on Saturday. <laughs> You didn't see me choking on water, though. No, I didn't. No, you did not. I'll go back on the uh, Airlines Team YouTube channel. Shout out to the snake pit today. Would the blues work with a little bit of red? I know we've seen that in the past. No. No? No? Nope. They're actually called the blues. Well, red would be like an accent color. Nope. You don't like the clown jerseys? I don't. You didn't like the red red accent on the blues jersey that they used to have? Was it red and gold? And they had the I, red. And the, yeah, no. No red on the blue jerseys. On, on the sh- mm. shoulder, no. sleeve. Uh-uh. Okay. No, thank you. All right. Question mm. number four. I don't know what <laughs> I don't know what you want from me. Well, the answer is no. Speaking of the blues, Winter Classic 2025, that means we'll have 
a new jersey, new uniform, right? Yeah. What do you see them doing? What era do you think that they'll they'll draw their uniform from? Mm. Will there be here. red in it? I hope it should not. be. Why? Why not? Because I don't like I don't like the the red in those jerseys. Jamie's talked about that. Jamie wore that jersey at one point. He didn't like it either. No, of course he didn't. Uh, I don't know. Maybe the Hall. Like the Hall era. Oh, you mean when he wore red? No, the vintage not when he... ninety vintage. Yeah. No, I'm looking at the uh, the nineteen eighty four to nineteen eighty seven. So that jersey it had the blue note, but it said blues on top of it. Mm. Ooh, I would like to see that instead of the the logo. Well, they got the well, logo, has but the it's logo, smaller it's logo. Smaller. I see yeah, yeah. I'd like to see that. And okay. maybe they maybe they take the red out and they they put like a different shade of blue. What you what year did you say? So 1984 to 1987. There's two okay. different variations, and it's because of the, uh, the the piping on the on the sleeves and I, on the I bottom. I actually half. like that. I like I'm it. It's okay, a different okay look. With that. Yeah. I mean, it's the same look. Like it's part of the organization, That's, but it's like a different look a for one. this modern day. Can they come up with something new for the Winter Classic? I no. Or it's got to be a classic. Back. I mean, they do come up with new jersey schemes, like Vegas and Seattle. They were. They were new. Like obviously, they they have older hockey teams from that area that they they draw inspiration from. Sure. But I'd like to see. I'd like to see that. All right. I am. How many questions do we get to, Marsh? Uh, we are at question number five. All right. Why don't we do this one and then we'll we'll call it question number five. From the 217, for Carrie, how did NFL players talk about Oakland? Do you think it's ownerships or the area? Oh, well, Oakland was, uh, <laughs> you knew that that was the black hole. It was it was dangerous in those Oakland um, stands if you were going to play there for opposing teams. But I think their fan base, for me, well, <laughs> first of all, players that play for, if you ever get a chance to talk to an Oakland Raider, Mm-hmm. And about the, <laughs> just just sit down and enjoy the conversation. Some good stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a little bit lawless from what I've been told at times in in terms of how the players were. But in general, I think that fan base just crazy. Just enjoyed their Oakland Raiders and and appreciate their Raiders. Um, whether it was whether it was when they were in L.A. or in Oakland, just you know that the black hole is uh that's a thing. It's a thing. And so, you know, they were, they were a great fan base, in my opinion. You showed up in, in spiked shoulder pads and face painted and felt like the entire crowd. Yeah. So, yeah, be careful, though. I don't know what's worse, though. When you get backed up to the black hole in Oakland or when you get backed up in Pittsburgh. Because well, don't, don't, yeah. don't you guys play – do you play the, the hangman's – song is that when that's when the third it's only in the beginning of some point in the third quarter there was one time i think the rams got backed up Uh, and it was just one of those times where it's like would you say the end of the third quarter sometime in the third quarter usually okay yeah that they they were maybe i'm just thinking of a time the rams got backed up like that and they played renegade yeah it was i was like this is the this is incredible it's a, it's a, Here comes a three and out. Good luck, Rams. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was going to happen regardless if they've played uh, Renegade Marsh, but, you know, it was still. Some point, it's usually some point in the third quarter, need a defensive stop. Yeah. 
and it just you gotta you gotta be there to uh to witness it. I miss I miss football teams playing uh playing on baseball diamonds. That to oh, me was man. beautiful. That's <laughs> you had to play on it. That's terrible. <laughs> Dolphins and the Raiders. the Raiders. That's what you guys yeah. were doing. You got that shortstop hop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it was perfect turf. I said, screw this, I'm picking it up. Joe Vitale's gonna join us in fifteen minutes, but uh T Bone. Tanner said something kind of interesting today on BK and Ferrari, or maybe it was yesterday, uh, about the NFL, how certain teams need a certain certain position to succeed. No, it's not quarterback. That is important. We'll talk about it next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. One thing that you have to have on your roster outside the quarterback for me offensively is a elite tight end or or a tight end that can take his game to the next level in the postseason because tight ends create such matchup problems because you didn't have to force a linebacker in to try and go out and cover a tight end in man-to-man, which is very tough. So look at all the teams that were in the conference championship game. Right. They all had great tight ends. I think you have to have a really good tight end now to have success in the NFL and go on a postseason run because they are just such offensive nightmares. They're tough to scheme against. Who's going to be able to slow down Travis Kelsey? I can tell you that is probably the number one thing Steve Wilkes is trying to figure out today. Not how does he slow down Patrick Mahomes. How does he keep the ball out of the hands of Travis Kelsey? That's our guy Tanner Hendrickson, otherwise known as T-Bone from the BKN Ferrario Show, and I think he brings up uh, really good points. Hmm. He, he's right. If you look at the conference championship matchups, you got Travis Kelsey of the Chiefs. You had Mark Andrews slash Isaiah Likely mm-hmm. of the Ravens. Uh, Sam Laporta, the local product for the Lions, who had just a remarkable season for them. And then George Kittle, who, in my opinion, is the best tight end in the league. Really? He's he, But he actually plays tight ends. Travis Kelsey is a receiver. He's got the tight end label. Mm-hmm. But if you watch George Kittle... George Kittle will block your ass as as, as just as much as he's going to beat you on a passing route. Travis Kelsey is in is outstanding. I'm not saying anything. I just think they're different players. Travis Kelsey's more of a receiver. He's not going to do a ton of blocking. Mm-hmm. Kittle's one of the better blockers in the league. He will block from a tight end standpoint. Thinking about, it, I mean, eh, T Bone probably has a point. I think when you have. The tight end is a is a difficult matchup for for most teams because what, are you going to put a safety on him? Well, he's probably bigger yeah. than your safety, and and are you going to put a linebacker on? Other than Fred Warner, he's probably going to be faster right. than most of the linebackers Fred that are Warner's trying to cover like, him. Fred Warner's yeah, the exception like, like, to everything. Yeah, yeah, no, don't worry about it. I'll run with this guy. Yeah. But for the most part, it is a difficult matchup, and they're a big target generally in the middle of the field. So if you're a quarterback and and you know the outside is covered, you don't want to make a risky throw. Throwing that ball over the middle of the field with in open uh, windows is going to to a tight end that is a big person. Generally helps you pick up a first down. So I, I you know, having a an elite tight end definitely helps a quarterback, a younger quarterback and 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 older quarterback. I mean, we saw it with Tom Brady. He, him and Gronk had a great connection of mm-hmm. you know touchdown passes and finding that guy open often because it is a nightmare for for defensive coordinators to try to match up with. Yeah, you're right. I mean, the the Gronk when Gronk ran, it was it, he basically ran two routes, mm-hmm. but the you you couldn't you talk about another guy that that would block. Yeah. Gronkowski is one of the best blockers. 
from from that position that we have seen. But when he got in the red zone, he was almost impossible to cover yeah. because Brady was going to put a perfect ball. You know, if if it was back of the end zone, it was going to be high. Yep. If it was in front of the end zone, it was going to be a little shorter. Mahomes did did a uh, he threw a perfect ball when Kyle Hamilton yeah. had outstanding coverage on Kelsey in the AFC title yeah. game on the wheel route. On the wheel route, yep. Mahomes left it short and on the outside. Yeah. The only person that was going to catch that was Travis Kelsey. In the entire stadium, Kelsey was the only guy who was going to catch that ball. Kyle and Hamilton, Hamilton was right there. It, he didn't even know it was there, though. No. It was such a good pass, low and away, yep. and Kyle Hamilton had no opportunity to to do anything to try to yep. prevent that pass from happening. And it was a great great adjustment, great catch on that. But even going back, like Drew Brees, Jimmy Jimmy Graham, yep. it was impossible to get in the, the red zone for a couple of years there. Jimmy Graham on that post on the uh, seam route and yeah. go right up the seam. He would either catch a linebacker and or a safety. Good luck. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna crush you. So I think I think T Bone brings up a good point here because of the versatility. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, you you can go out throughout. T J. Hawkinson had a hell of a year before mm-hmm. getting injured late there in the year. They, they, there are so many good tight ends. Dallas Goddard had a good year for the Eagles. Th- there are guys that. It, it, it is a mismatch for for defenders trying to cover that guy, and it, it becomes almost like a security blanket for the for the quarterback, knowing that that tight end is sitting there in the middle of the field, probably not going to be extremely far downfield in most instances, but going up against guys that he's bigger than or guys that he's faster than, he can create separation. Yeah, it's a good if you have a good one. I mean, Ferguson for the Cowboys came on the scene yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah, they let and, go. They let uh, go of Dalton Schultz, who, yes. who had a good year last year. Brought in an even better player than Ferguson. And Ferguson was was able to be open often. And good hands, good speed, those guys are hard to come by. So, yeah, yep. I, I don't disagree with Tanner. The, honestly, the NFL, even if – so if we just did this real quick, we're going to get to uh, Joe Vitale. So we did this with the AFC title game, but if we even go to the divisional rounds, so Dalton Schultz wound up with Houston, mm-hmm. and he's he, he wound up having a, a decent season yep. for them. Green Bay had a, had a couple of guys there. You had – Musgrove, yeah, and then I forget the the other tight end. Who was it? Marsh, go ahead. I believe his last name was Kraft. Kraft. Oh, Kraft. Yeah, so yeah Kraft and Musgrove yeah. in Green Bay. We already talked about Kittle. Robert's son. Yeah. Robert's son. Yeah. yeah. Her brother. <laughs> Croft. It was Croft. Croft. Oh, yeah. is it Croft? Yeah. yeah same nah. thing. Kraft. Croft. Yeah, Robert good. Kraft wanted Tyler Croft to be his son. <laughs> he did. It just didn't work out. Yeah. Uh, Tampa. Tampa guess didn't Kate Otten. You know, Kate Otten. He had a he, he had a big game. He's wanted to when they played. The Buffalo Bills got a couple of guys. They have Dalton Kincaid yep. and Knox. they have Dawson Knox. Knox. Dawson Knox had a good year last year, and they're mm-hmm. like, Yeah, we'll still take Dalton Kincaid early. <laughs> right. Yeah, it is it's a vol- it is a uh, valuable position. Just yeah. ask Arthur Smith. He he needed one uh, this past year. He got one now. Actually, you know what he had one last year? Jonu Smith. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Kyle Pitts is a receiver. Yeah. He'll get over it one day. <laughs> it's a fast lane on 101 <laughs> ESPN. We're going to talk to Joe Vitale next. We'll talk to him about the winter classic going to Wrigley Field between the Blues and Blackhawks and get some second-half thoughts post-All-Star break with Joe next on 101 ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Joey Vitale views things a little differently. Just imagine how he looks at hockey. Whoa! This is The View from Vitale, brought to you by Scott Lee Heating Company, a proud Mitsubishi Electric Elite Contractor. 
It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN with Kerry Davis, I'm Anthony Stoltz. Let's head to our 101 ESPN celebrity line. It's our weekly chat with our guy Joe Vitale. What's up, Joe? What's up, fellas? Doing well today. Now, Jamie went down to Mexico. I know you've got family obligations, but did did you have an opportunity to kind of relax this week? Yeah, there's no off days anymore. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's, there's there's just on days. There, there's no off time. It's just on all the time. Yeah, too yeah. many too many little kids. And, and listen, it. I'm not gonna, and I'm not complaining, man. That that was my doing. That was my wife and I's decision. All good to go. We uh, we have to hang in with and, and live with our uh, the results of our decision. There you go. That's well said. <laughs> well said. Uh, so the big the big announcement today, Joe, is that the Blues and the Blackhawks in 2025 will play the Winter Classic at Wrigley Field. I, when it comes to you know this matchup great when it comes to the venue historic this this is shaping up i think to be one of the better uh world classics what world classics winter classics that the nhl could have yeah this is going to be exciting i know certainly the players uh, they still get really excited about it you know there's there's something about not only playing outside in front of all those people but when you have it at like a monumental place like of course wrigley it, it makes it that much more special i had a the honor and privilege of playing in one myself uh, at Soldier Field in Chicago, so the same city, but we played at Soldier Field, which, of course, you know, again, that's another historic venue. I remember spending, I don't know, maybe twelve, thirteen thousand dollars on tickets, you know, because of course Chicago, St. Louis was pretty close. I flew out. Uh, I, I didn't even know half the family members that I bought tickets for. <laughs> family members coming out of the woodwork. I'm and sure. <laughs> all, all kinds of money, and I try to get the cheapest ones in that kind of middle bowl, upper bowl, and. It turns out that was the year that it was that huge blizzard in Chicago, and uh, they had to stop the game every three minutes. You randomly just be carrying the puck, and all of a sudden the whistle would or the horn would go, and they'd bring out the shovels because you kept losing the puck. That's how much snow it was. And at the end of the day, I spent all that money for all those tickets, and all those people sat upstairs and just watched. They basically just watched the blizzard. They told me at the end of the game they couldn't tell who was who. They couldn't even tell which team had the puck. So uh, serves me wrong there. I'll never do that again. But you know, the Blues have had some. Wonderful historic games there. Of course, the one most recently we we froze our butts off up there in Minnesota a couple of years back. That one was amazing, and this is going to be a great thing not only for the city of St. Louis but also Chicago and the entire National Hockey League. Joey, what is this, this moment? I mean, it, it's a obviously a great game, but for a player, when you're playing in that moment, are you are you realizing the importance of it and and how cool this moment is? You know, it's a, it's a great question. You know, Kerry, and to answer your question, it's. I'll never forget our, our head coach in Pittsburgh, Dan Bilesma, when we were about to take the to the field, I guess you could say, at Soldier Field. And there was really no X's and O's. There was no, you know, let's go out there and play a certain way. It, it was just go out there and enjoy this. Mm-hmm. Just go out there and enjoy it. And, and I, I think I can speak for all the coaches who end up winning or losing. I think it's the same, the same thing. You just want to go out there and enjoy the experience, whether you win five or lose five nothing. Go out there and, and be a kid again. I mean, that's what's nostalgic about it is, you know, we all grew up skating on ponds, skating outdoors, and, you know, all the rinks that I used to get up growing up here in St. Louis, Cokia Mounds, Grand City. Heck, even Kirkwood was an outdoor rink when I was a kid as well. So we had plenty of outdoor rinks. So just to go out there and just to soak it in, whether you play good, you play bad, doesn't really matter. Just you know, try to have some family there and just uh, enjoy the experience, enjoy being outside and, it certainly is one of those memorable games I'll never forget, and these players will feel the same way. All right, Joe, we were having a debate here, you being a native St. Louis, and what jerseys should they wear for the Winter Classic? Man, I tell you what, I think I think you got to go with those Heritage Blue. I love those Heritage Blue. They bring them out, of course, on, on home games on Saturday nights. 
the old Bobby Plager looks, maybe even go back a little more vintage even maybe a couple years before that. There's a really great jersey in the Blues locker room right now. Right when you walk in by the stick rack, have you guys been there and seen pictures, but it's a little bit more retro than the classic blues, the winter classic blues they have on Saturdays now. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit different yellow, I would say, tint, and maybe just a little bit different design on the on the blue. I would say you got to go something classic like that. But, you know, the real question to me is always the, the one statement piece is what are the coaches going to wear, what are the coaches going to do. We've seen them wear those kind of old-school uh, old school Italian hats. We've seen shoots <laughs> in the past. We've seen cowboy hats. I mean, that, that to me is kind of the one the one area to keep an eye on. It's always a little fun to have with that. But like I said, just I know both teams certainly getting excited and amped up, and and going to be hosting, of course, uh, you know, Connor Bedard. He'll be he'll be front and center. Hopefully, assuming his health next year and everything goes well. But uh, just an electric player who is going to be uh, continuing to become uh, the face of the National Hockey League. So it'll be it'll be a great game, no doubt. So, Joe, the Blues don't return to action until Saturday when they take on the Sabres in Buffalo. The Buffalo Buffaloes, as we affectionately call it because of uh, our guy Chris Duncan. Um, But when it comes to the second half in general, is there one thing that winds up turning, making the biggest difference between the Blues being on the outside, looking in for a playoff spot, and, of course, being in? You know, I think it's it's a great question, and I think I know it sounds pretty benign or it sounds pretty cliche, but you got to come out of this All Star break and you got to punch in a hurry. You know, you, you want a nice five game run there, and of course you kind of maybe maybe gave one back to the Columbus Blue Jackets, or else you won six in a row. But that five game winning streak that puts you in a playoff spot. But we've seen it so much, man. You lose two, three out of break. You lose three out of four. Maybe you only win one out of the next three on the road trip here: Buffalo, Toronto, Montreal. And you're kind of like right back where you started. And, and that's what's crazy about these winning streaks. As great as it feels and great as it is and as much as it propels you in, in the standings, you won the other way and you're right back to where you started. Look at the Seattle Kraken. They ran off with nine in a row. Then they dropped five in a row. And so they didn't really make up with too much ground. So consistency is going to be the name of the game here down this stretch. They got 14 games before the trade deadline. So I think it's super important. They come out, they establish what they need to right off the hop. And that way you kind of give your general manager a little bit of an idea of what he's going to have to do moving forward. Do I think he's got a lot of his mind already made up about certain personnel? I think so. I think he's continuing to look not only at this year, but more importantly the next two, three, four, five years and beyond. But at the same time, this is a general manager that always wants to be competitive, always wants to figure out a way to get into the playoffs. So can he figure out a sweet balance where you maybe add, subtract a little bit, but still make that playoff push? I think that's what they're going to do. But a lot's going to have to happen. What uh, Whatever happens here in the next six or seven games right out of this break is going to dictate a lot. Joey, we had Army on last week, and, and I asked him about you know getting some of those younger players' time. And obviously you want to get them playing time, but the goal is to win. As a former player, when you're a younger player, how important is it to get that time on the ice just to stay sharp and, and really prove to yourself that you can play at that level? Well, it's really important. And, you know, this is one of the areas why I think that Doug Armstrong has been pretty clear about his message with look at some younger players, Carrie, like we see in, in Zachary Dean and Zachary Bolduke, two players in the minors who, um, you know, first-round draft picks, uh, guys you picked up in the first round where you're thinking, okay, when are they going to get an opportunity? When are they going to show face in the NHL? When are we going to get them some experience? But Doug's done a great job about his philosophy of developing, which I 100% agree with, is you keep those players down there, as long as you need to until they really have found a good groove and they're comfortable down there. 
uh, but also they got to figure out a point production. I mean, if you're a goal scorer, you need to be averaging around a point a point per game in the minors before you really have an impact in the National Hockey League. That's how I've always felt about it. And you look at any player that's made an impact in the NHL, they really do need to establish themselves in the minors at being a point, a game production type of player. And right now, those two guys are not. The other thing, as far as a development standpoint, and this is something that happens in different ways throughout the league, but I think it's, I think Doug's bang on with it, is you cannot anoint these guys too soon. You have to let these guys really grind it out. You know, take those buses, eat those pizzas at 3, 4 in the morning, you know, those 12-hour those mm-hmm. bus trips. I mean, as tough as they are, that is you're, you're building something. You're building a, a fabric inside them. You're building a resilience about them. So when they get the opportunity, when they show face in the NHL, they're going to make the most of it. And I truly don't believe that a kid can really fully jump in and become what he needs to be in the NHL without going through that, through that pain. Yeah, the Connor Bedards and the, the McDavid's, those are the exceptions. But for the most part, across the board, I think kids really do need to know what it is to play in the minors hockey, to really grind it out, um, to, to play those three and fours, to play those three and threes. I mean, those are some tough games. But when you make it to the NHL, you've seen how they can really grab things a little bit quicker. And I think that's what Doug Armstrong's direction is. Joe, good stuff. Enjoy the week. And uh, looking forward to some blues hockey. Listen to you and Curbs and, and uh, you know the rest of the gang, Alex Ferrario, on, starting on Saturday. Hey, can't wait. You guys have a great day as well. All right. Thanks, Joe. We'll see you, buddy. And that's Joe Vitale here in the Fast Line on 101 ESPN. We've got the bet, bet the board, three stars of the day, criticisms, compliments next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN with Kerry Davis and Andrew Marsh. I'm Anthony Stalter. Time for Bet the Board. Marsh, how did we do last night? Yeah, everyone did really well except for you. Ah. Mm. That makes sense. <laughs> I almost took Kansas State over Kansas, too. Oh. That would have been nice. One. Yeah, but no, I went with the Avalanche. Lost in overtime. Oh, well. So, you guys all won? I know we gave Jamie a winner. What are you talking about? He picked the Islanders. It's his he favorite did. team. He's going I with. know we gave Jamie a winner. Every so. time. <laughs> All right. Uh, so did we get anything from him? No. Okay. Carrie? Yep. Why don't you go ahead and make Jamie a pick? Oh, you want me to pick for Jamie. All right. Well, let's look here. Or I can do it here. He loves hockey. Yeah, that's where I'm going. I'm looking there. I'm trying to figure out. You know who you know he loves? The he Buffalo loves, Sabres over the Stars? No, he loves the Vancouver Canucks. Does he? He, he does love he the does. Canucks. Yeah, plus 125 in Carolina. Perfect. He's not going to be mad at that. There you go. I don't know. <coughs> Buffalo Sabres, the Stars looked really good. I think Calgary in Boston tonight, that'd, that'd be an interesting one, too, for Jamie. But no, nah, we'll give him Vancouver. Okay, so who's up next, Marsh? That would be me. And I'm looking at this. Surprisingly, Winnipeg is minus 110 on the road against Pittsburgh. I'm going to take the Jets over the Penguins tonight. The J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets? Uh, yes. Okay. I'm going to, I'm assuming it's my turn since you finished last e- Easy. I'm sorry. I'm going to take the Dallas Mavericks, minus 148 on the money line, over the Brooklyn Nets. In Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah. Kyrie going back to Brooklyn. Did he play in Brooklyn? Yeah. He's played a lot of places. Yeah, he did. Yep. All right. 
Give me the Texas Longhorns at Moody Center tonight. They're taking on number 14, Iowa State. Okay. I I passed on the, the home team yet last night, mm-hmm. playing playing the ranked, the big ranked team, and I regret it. You taking the money line? So I'm taking Texas. Yeah, what's the money line? Sure. 142. Minus Perfect. 142. <laughs> Done. <laughs> <laughs> Just win the game, Longhorns. Uh. So I got Texas over Iowa State tonight. In Big 12 play. There you have it. By the way, if you missed anything from today's show, you can always download the podcast at 101ESPN.com or on your 101 ESPN mobile app. It's all brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Marsh, what do we got? Yeah, let's start with the uh, the 314 here. Carrie, I just want to say how much more awake and alert you sound. It seems it. as though that you have blended in well, and not that you were doing a bad job before, but you sound amazingly refreshed in the afternoons. Oh, there you go. I would. Um, those mornings came early, especially when Cardinals and Blues were playing on the West Coast. You've never been a morning guy. I remember uh, that even back in the day. You... Yeah, I've always been a night owl. Yeah. You had to fix it, though. No, you don't. Okay. Isn't there a thing? It was a circadian rhythm and all that crap. I don't know what you just said, sir. Yeah, I said it though. <laughs> What'd you say about the cicadas? I hate those <laughs> things. Those no, things, those things well, suck. Like, this is supposed to be like a twenty-year. What is it? Eighteen years cicadas. This, sure. This summer. Not what I'm talking They're about, guys. Here. But um, and then I heard it's another group that come every like twenty-five years. Yeah. And they're here this summer too. What? Good for I them. Believe. I think I'm making that up. First time in like hundreds of years that all. The cicadas be out this is summer. That really? is that, that's not good, right? Like, <laughs> no, they're, they're, something. they're really they're really loud and they're annoying. Really and the well, I'm just thinking that, everywhere. I mean, these so these things like emerge from the trees or the ground or something like that. And they, yeah. I don't know. They, they've written yeah. they've written a lot of horror movies. Kind of like St. Louis. This idea. St. Louis people when the, the Chiefs make the cicadas. Super Bowl. Whoa. Looking at you, Marsh. Yeah. You know I've been a Mahomey fan my whole life. What? I loved him at Lubbock. <laughs> you know? Tampa Bay Times says billions of cicadas will emerge this spring. Yeah, okay. And then Live Science says trillions of cicada oh. will descend on the wow. U.S. in a rare spring event. See, this is what I'm talking about. These are things you learn. Two separate broods of cicadas. Wow. They're brewing these things. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't like that. Well, they won't be here by this Friday. No. They won't be here by this Friday morning. Because you can help heat up St. Louis during the 24th annual Hardee's Rise and Shine fundraiser. Stop by any participating Hardee's in the bi-state area this Friday morning. Grab a sausage biscuit or egg biscuit for just $1. Sausage McMuffin. (laughs) I'm going to try to get Marsh to laugh at that that very line every day this week when I read this. 100% of the proceeds of all funds collected with with, with, uh, the help of... Heat up St. Louis, supporting people in need in both Missouri and Illinois. So you get to be fed, it's cheap, and you're going to help people out. Again, that's this Friday morning at any participating Hardee's. Find out more at 101ESPN.com. Breakfast ends at 11. I thought it was 1030. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, I did too. One Mm-mm-mm. sausage McMuffin. Man, you love that movie. I love, I love that movie. I love Hardee's. I'm a huge Hardee's fan. Give me some curly fries, a big hot ham and cheese. Oh, yeah. Whew. Some good stuff. Man, those are so good. By the way, Jose Altuve reportedly 
Just got an extension. Five years, 125. Oh, good for him. You want to do the Astros lineup here? Nah, okay. All right. To. We don't want to compare and contrast. Kerry oh, wanted to do that the earlier. Rangers? You're still losing a lot of that. Okay. They are World Series champions. Diamondbacks. You'll probably do a little better. All right. They were in the World Series, right? Yeah, they All were. All right. So you're saying we got a chance. No. <laughs> uh, from the no, si- <laughs> I guess. Yes, I'm saying you have a chance. From the 636, Marsh looks like a cicada. <laughs> Shut up with the Chiefs hate. Wow. Oh, wow. That. Man, those things are ugly looking, too. Yeah, and you're a handsome devil, so. Wow. I mean, apparently not. No, this. I think he's just angry, and you were cutting down the Chiefs. Listen. And we can't stand for that. I'm not trying to hate on the Chiefs. It sounded the like moon you were. has them winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, but then you started bringing up Madden, and nah, they're not going to win because of the Madden blah blah. Just stick with the the moon, man. Stick with the moon. <laughs> stick with the moon. They are Comma, 19, man. 19, 19 it, quarter and one. Crescent? Yeah, the quarter crescent quarter level. Crescent? I think it was a waxing crescent. <laughs> it's a waxing crescent <laughs> moon in the something hemisphere. Oh, and northern? when that happens, oh, yeah. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are what? 19 and 1 or something? Yeah, awesome. 19 and 1. So, I mean, it could be 19 and 2 though. You just don't you never t- know. Don't, don't speak like that. I'm just saying. Not to his not to this guy. No. What about his Chiefs. Mm-mm. Are you guys yeah. ready for the three stars of the day? Yes. We are. All right, let's get to it. We have our third star dedicated to Chris and his Abe Vigoda reference. That was okay. really good. The Godfather. I yeah. like that. Congratulations. Like that nice job. Like that one. Good job. Nice Congratulations. Job, Chris. Uh, our second star of the day goes to a man who is not in this country, but took the time out of his busy day at the pool with all of his drinks that he's consumed. Yeah. Jamie Rivers in Mexico. Good Way job, to go, Jamie. Jamie Rivers. Way to play while you were out he, having he, a good time. That guy can Work talk hard. about anything. Yep. In any condition. And our first star of the day. <laughs> no one knows where he's at, but was he a part of history? Some would say so. The first star in the fast lane goes to the announcer at the football game <laughs> that Stalter got crushed at. Stalter on the fumble. Number 34, Stalter on the fumble. He doubled down. Stalter on the fumble. A jerk doubled down. Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, maybe yeah. some people didn't see it. Yep. They didn't know who fumbled it. <laughs> We're up by like 40, you know? Oh. You had to get one dig in. Yep. Because the, the kid that didn't return punts wanted to return a punt. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't realize there's no punt team out there. Oh, man. That's why the coach said don't grab it. I don't know why I didn't realize that. I'm not on the punt team. <laughs> All right. It's a fast lane. We appreciate everybody listening and tuning in today. Instant replay coming up right, uh, well, about five minutes here. For Andrew Marsh, Kerry Davis, and Anthony Salter, see ya. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.